Production. Recorded live. Well, welcome, callers. It's been a while since we've um, actually had a call, and I'm um, waiting for the host here, I'm waiting for Southern to come on. I told him we were going to do the show. Um, I guess he wanted to talk to you guys today about some stuff that he was finding in reference to the birth certificate and, um, you know, various laws. Uh, and basically what I'm doing is studying um, other types of monetary systems that don't involve commerce. And if you went to my wall today, you would have seen some posts that showed that the Vatican operates non-commercially. And I don't know how they could be the richest in the world, but they are operating non-commercially. They said they have a unique system, and I guess it's all based on donations. So uh, I'm reading into that, uh, trying to figure out, you know, I just found that today, though. So I'm looking on how to operate a system that is non-commercial because we, we said before that if you were to open a trust, it could not say the word business. The reason for that is because if you start engaging in business, then you're engaging in commerce. And I was surprised to see that the Vatican doesn't operate commercially. It says that they have a unique type of uh, way of dealing um, <clears throat> with the world without um, going into business. And it's really, um, I was looking at some of the items there, and what they do is they reword all of their transactions um, so that it doesn't say business or, you know, like they'll say proceeds or grants. And that is what a lot of these corporations do too. They do not use the word money or cash or um, Federal Reserve notes. Um, they call what we're using U.S. dollars, which is the corporate dollars because it's United States dollars. So that's what they're trying to call the Federal Reserve notes. Um, <laughs> Uh, anybody want to comment on that? I hear that somebody's on here. Hello. Oh, there you are. <laughs> okay, I was just um, warming the people up a bit since we haven't been on for a couple of weeks. Um, the fact that we're looking at, um, you know, I, I was telling them that um, I'm looking in really deep into the history of um, how people operate without going into commerce. Mm -hmm. And I've been finding things um, that show that the Vatican uh, operates not in commerce. They operate a whole different unique system, I guess so that they can claim, but we don't operate commercially with anybody. And that was really a big thing because the whole world is operating commercially under the universal commercial code and falling mm -hmm. into the pitfalls. Um, hold on one second here. I'm trying to turn something off. It's supposed to be off. Um, and you go ahead, Southern, and take over. Okay. We're going to talk about airship tonight. Le legitimacy, art, and nationality. And I, I'm going to start at the beginning with the birth certificate and walk you all through this. 
right? And I I have done some unbelievable research since our last call, and I've made some interesting phone calls. Uh, one was to the United Nations. All right. I put out a document out there. It's called Illegitimate Children Conflict of Law. I would get into this document very deeply. I would read this. I've highlighted some interesting parts in it. What am I going to read? In 1895, the Florida Supreme Court declared that legitimation in a foreign country does not make lawful heir in our country, in other countries. Where the common law or the statute of Morton Merton is now in force. Of those who were born out of what? Out of lawful marriage. I mean, off lawful marriage. Okay? What they're saying to you there is if you were born in another country, okay, and you were legitimized in it, that doesn't mean you can go to another state and that is your legitimate child there. Now, what these states did all right, and it goes on to say, so far as our law is concerned, legitimation is the subsequent marriage of the parents abroad by the act of a foreign legislator or the judicial decree abroad all right, are all fruitless. Fortunately, such concerns doctrine did not come malignant, and all 50 states have recognized the inequity of the... Uh, inability statutes of illegitimacy by providing for some form of legitimate after birth. Now, what these states did, as far as I can tell, and this is my theory, you guys can do whatever you want with it. You were born, you came from someplace other than the United States, in that state. You were basically an illegal immigrant at that time. So somebody had to give you some documentation, all right? So they gave you this thing called the Certificate of Live Birth. If you look at it very carefully, nowhere on that thing does it say you're a United States citizen, all right? It says that you are, it's got state stamps all over that thing. Now, hold on one second. All right. I put out another document out there that we found. Convention on Certain Questions Relating to the Conflict of Nationality Law. Okay? Right in the very beginning, it tells you that it is the general interest of the international community to secure that all its members should recognize that every person should have a nationality. We're going to get into statelessness and why you don't want to be stateless in a minute. All right? And should have one nationality only. The reason for this one nationality is, let's say you are a national of the United States and Canada. Or, like, yeah, let's use United States and Canada. And the United States and Canada go to war. Who's your allegiance to? This is all about allegiance and jurisdiction. Believe me, it is. Uh, at that point, either way you go, you're called a traitor by the other side and uh, you're subject to being hanged. Yeah, I know that would get everybody. Now, down on this, on this thing, I posted this out here today. 
right? Any person as to whether a person possesses the nationality of a particular state. Notice they're not using nations here, people, or countries. They're using states. Shall be determined in accordance to the laws of that state. All right? Now, this document gets into expatriation. I want to read one section to you. All right? You need to pull these documents up and read them for yourself. All right? Article 14. A child whose parents are both unknown shall have the nationality of the country of birth. If the child's parents is established, its nationality shall be determined by the rules acceptable in cases where the, where the parentage is known. A foundling is, until the contrary is proven, presumed to have been born on the territory of a state in which it was found. Now, if you look at some of the laws we put out there here recently concerning your, your parentage, <coughs> Where the, men, where the fathers have got to acknowledge their children and family laws, this is almost verbatim right, of what you, we got out there. And ladies and gentlemen, this convention was 1930. All right? Section, Article 615, where the nationality of a state is not acquired automatically by reason of birth on its, terri- on its territory. A child born in the territory of that state of parents who have no nationality or of unknown nationality may attain the nationality of said state. The law of that state shall determine the condition governing the acquisition of its nationality in such cases. Now, in a minute, I'm going to show you how this is in our law. 16. If the law of the state whose nationality a illegitimate child possesses recognizes that such nationality may be lost, is what they're saying, as a consequence of a change in the civil status of the child by being legitimized or recognized, we're talking about, by the father. Such loss shall be conditioned on the acquisition by the child of the nationality of another state under the laws of which state regulating, relating to the effect upon nationality of the changes in civil status. So now, bottom line, if you, let's say you're married in one state, you go to another state, let's say you're married in Florida, you go to Texas, you have a child in Texas, that child is illegitimate in that state, but you're in a different jurisdiction, and that jurisdiction does not recognize the marriage all right, in, in the state of Florida. So in that state, that child would have no parents. So now it falls as an orphan child, and it falls under the ward of the state. This is how they've been getting us, people, with the little trick laws. This was put together, by the way, like I said, 1930. This is all out there. You need to pull it up. You need to read it. What I just read to you, all right, I'm going to read something here. Uh, I put this thing, Founding Child, 7FM, 1100, uh, 11, 11, 10, 11, 11. 
okay? This is from the uh, Immigration Naturalization Act, by the way. A U.S. citizen, no, not, notice this does not say citizen of the United States, may be acquired either by birth or through naturalization. It gives the land jurisdiction, all right, the law of the soil, and the law of the bloodline. Both of them are being used in the United States, by the way. Now, down here on C on this document, the conferring of nationality of a state upon a person after birth by whatever means necessary. Now, think about what I'm saying. The conferring of nationality of a state, not a country, all right, upon a person after birth by whatever means necessary. Now, what they're telling you right there is when you're born, the state of Florida puts your little name on a little document called the Certificate of Live Birth that had a whole bunch of seals on it from the state of Florida. You became a nationality of, national of that state. This is how you hold allegiance to this state, and they hold sovereignty over you. Now, a lot of people don't want to hear that word, but it's true. They're talking about sovereign states here. This stuff was all brought from England, all right? It goes back, way back. Now, when they found you on the land, and most of you were found, okay, because mommy and daddy very seldom stay in one place. They moved to a different state, all right? And they wrote all these nice little laws up where mommy and daddy, all right, moved to another state or got divorced, whatever. To turn everybody in this country, all right, into nice little illegitimate bastard children, orphans. And I've said this before in the show. The state now holds you as ward of the state. You are, the other day, I put a little thing out there and asked that anybody got it yet. Lawyers can only represent wards of the court. What is a ward of the court? An infant or a person of an unsound mind. Now, given the fact that under our current judicial system in this country, a person of unsound mind cannot be tried in a court. So that only is one thing that you can be, an infant by a ward of the court. So when they're bringing you into these courts, understand who they're bringing in. I know everybody thinks, well, they're bringing in the commercial item, they're bringing in the birth certificate bond. We're going to get the birth certificate bond here in a minute. All right, it's not what you think. I'm tired of people telling me that this is a, a, a docking instrument, a warehouse receipt, a bill of lading. It's not. It's in the Immigration Act, people. Everything is out there. You just got to look for it. All right? And I'm good at digging. Now, when you were born in this state, they don't want to have to take care of you. So they created a bond. This is a disbursement to get bond. All right? They took money from Mommy and Daddy's Social Security account of Mommy and Daddy's bond. And they bought, created this here account. All right? We're going to get into that in a minute. But right now, let's say something. When you guys out here, and when, when you guys all get together out here in these states, and you move around from state to state, now she walks, she's a different story. Her dad acknowledged her. She said this before. All right? You there, she was? Yeah, I was fighting with them, and 
I didn't understand why I was getting a different response. Like they kept saying, you don't exist. You don't exist. I'm like, what do you mean I don't exist? The reason why is when your father appropriately claims you before the age of five, then it says in their probate law that I was entitled to all degrees, all levels, and all entitlements from the ancestors of my ancestors down to me and me all the way going backwards back to them. That was the craziest thing I'd ever read. Then it says I'm entitled to all land tenements of my mother. See, the mother is the motherland. You hold the land rights, but when your father claims you, you get all the rights from all the descendants going all the way back to when they created this trust. Well, let me say something on that. Your mother is there at birth. Your mother is in whatever state, okay, Mm -hmm. that you're in. So when she gives birth to you, you assume the nationality, the jurisdiction of the mother mother. at that moment. Mm -hmm. At that moment. Not your father. Not your father. Because your mother has not acknowledged you. Your father has not acknowledged you yet. Once he acknowledges you, you assume the the jurisdiction and nationality of his nationality. Right. This is where they've been getting everybody. And he's now, he's now legitimately your father, and you are now legitimately his heir going all the way back. But they don't tell that to the fathers. That's why I, was, I kept reading some of the laws that Southern was sending me. And it kept saying, I even read this in um, the scientific data for DNA. It kept saying the alleged father, the alleged father. And I told Southern, wait a minute. It even says that they were married, Southern, in the scientific field that he's only still an alleged father. Uh Why is that? I couldn't understand. I said, if the couple's married, why is the baby still only an alleged son or daughter? If you don't file proper claim in writing as an affidavit swearing don't swear. Just say before God. I mean, don't ever swear. But before God and whatever you want to call him that you, you know, that you know walks with you in your path to righteousness and, and make sure you affirm that those little ones, we call them little ones. We don't call them children. In court, I call them my little ones. Why? Because they're not a child. And I have to really, really work hard to refrain from calling them my children and my baby because I already know that's all their legal jargon. I call them my little ones, and I use their first name only. Why? Because the judge cannot accept that given name. He's not allowed to take your given name. And many of you people are fighting in court, and they have the children's name on the court case. And, and you know what else they do? They're, they're not going to put their names. They're going to put their initials because I know. And then you'll say, no, you're talking about Junior. That's my creation right there. That's one of mine. That's the given name is Junior or Sally. Don't ever refer to the full name. Only what you gave them. See, when they put the surname to that, now it's in the style and format of the legal 
to make the name legal. And you don't want to make the name legal. Because if you make it legal, they have power over everything that is legal. You're trying to make it legal and lawful. You want power of the de jure and the de facto. But you can't do that using their language. And that's how they deceive people into, um, see, I never speak their language in court. And you know what? If you listen very carefully, they don't speak any legal language in court either. All they do is shake their heads. Uh-huh. They're whispering. Let's go to sidebar. Listen, do you know how many times I've been to sidebar? Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a sidebar before. They call me the sidebar. They don't even want me talking in court. The judge will say, oh, come on, sidebar, please. What are you trying to do out there? I said, I'm not going to do what you just said. Mm-mm. No way, Jose. And why not? And I'll tell her. Because you know why I'm not going to do that? Because I am not going to give that pig a letter. You know what? Ask for sidebars if you're representing yourself. Because when you say sidebar, the judge will probably call you to the side because they know you're going to say something that they don't want the court to hear. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many sidebars, it's pathetic. Okay. Are they talking law on sidebar? No, they're not. they're not even talking law when you're in court. They're not allowed to. Okay. Now, yeah. I want you guys to look up the United Nations Rights of a Child Treaty. Okay? You don't think they're, they're using this on you. You're crazy. Article 7. The child shall be registered immediately after birth and shall be given the right from birth to a name and the right to to acquire a nationality. So they gave you a name, I, the all capital. They gave you a nationality, national of the state of Florida, national of the state of Texas, national of the state of Alaska, whatever, right? And the right to be known and cared for by his or her parents, all right? Well, that's where they're getting you right there, all right? Number eight. Wait, read that again to the people. That one is very important. The child shall, this is uh, Article 7 of the United Nations Rights of a Child. The child shall be registered immediately after birth and shall have the right from birth to a name, the right to acquire a nationality, and the right, here's where they're getting you, as far as possible, the right to know and be cared for by his or her parents. The trick word there is as far as possible. See, only to care for war, them. Only to care for them. You don't own them. They're not your property. Your duties are only to take care of the child that they have in their name, okay? And that's where you've got to learn what they've done. You know what? They are not their children. And the reason why they're beating the crap out of you in court you do not say, I am their mother and father, I am their parent. You, you know what they call you in court, remember this, custodial parent. That's right. You are not their the custodial parent, state. people. You created that being. That's what you tell them. I made that product is mine. And it, and it has a name that I gave it, which is Sally, Tom, or Betty. That's what my dad said. What did the judge say? He has to back down. He has to give him all the property now because he didn't... I don't know what. My dad, he did not go to high school. He was a very poor man. He only went to the sixth grade. 
But I think the dumber you are, the better you are at defending yourself because he said, those are mine. <laughs> yeah, get your hands off. <laughs> the more you go to school, the dumber you get. This is, this is why people, they got you in the courts fighting for custody of your yeah. children. You're actually not fighting for custody of your children. You're fighting for custody of the wards of the state. Okay? Don't kid yourself. This all ties together. If you don't think it does, then you're in bad shape. Yeah, Number look up eight. the word custody. Oh, Jesus, I already did. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number eight, Article eight. The state parties undertake to respect the rights of the child to preserve his or her identity. This is why they give you an identity, not the one you were born with, including nationality, name, and family relations as recognized by law without unlawful interference. Where a child is legally deprived of some or all of these elements of his or her identity, state parties shall provide appropriate assistance and protection with a view to reestablish speedily his or her identity. Think about what they're saying there. Okay? Think very carefully. All right? Now, I'm bouncing all over a whole bunch of things, so you're going to have to hold on. Now, what these people, like I said, did, when years and years ago, back after the Civil War, 1866, they created something, uh, the Civil Rights Act, that basically gave everybody on the land citizenship of the United States. Now, what a lot of people haven't put together yet is right before that, something happened. All right? It's called the Expatriation Act. All right? Hold on a minute. I'm trying to... I got about... 12 things open here, so let me get the one I want. Okay. This is 14th Congress, Section 2, Chapter 249, 1868. All right. An act concerning the rights of citizens, of American citizens in foreign states. Listen carefully. An act concerning the rights of American citizens. Doesn't say citizens of the United States, doesn't say national, says American citizens in foreign states. Preamble rights of American citizens in foreign states, whereas the right of expatriation is a natural and inherent right of all people, indispensable with the enjoyment of the rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And whereas in the recognition of this principle, this government has freely received immigrants from all nations and invested them in the rights of citizenship. Whereas it is claimed that such American citizens with their descendants are subject to foreign states owing allegiance to the government thereof and whereas it is necessary to the maintenance of public peace that this claim of foreign allegiance should be promptly and finally disemboweled. Chiwa, do you want to tell me what I just read? You just said that everybody had a right to be an American citizen. And and you know what I noticed? That you said the word preamble. Yes. 
Remember I told you when I put the preamble in my case that I got it all the way into the um, Division of Administrative Hearings? Okay. And this judge came down without, um, he came down without a robe or anything, and he punished all the agencies that I that tried to fight me? Well, this Watch attorney this. told me about putting a preamble. She says whenever you're going to take on the agency, you have to put the preamble in there. And I had asked her why in the beginning, but she wouldn't tell me why. I guess because, you know, she still holds, holds the code of silence. But she showed me how to write up a case. So people remember, if you're going to make any kind of declaration of who you are, you better make sure you put the preamble and let them know that you're an American citizen. Mm-hmm. You don't have to um, expatriate. They would have oh. to say that you're not an American citizen. Wouldn't they have to rebut that, Southern? Hold on. I'm not done reading this yet. Okay. I'm what saving the best it, for last, trust me. <laughs> basically, what they are telling you right there, all right, and you better listen. I'll get to the other part in a minute. Is after the Civil War, anyone who wanted to expatriate from these states out here was welcome to do so from these political subdivisions called counties, cities, municipalities, whatever, okay, was welcome to do so, and they would be welcomed in the federal government. Now, I'm going to read Section 2. Section, well, actually, my mistake, Section 1. There's only two sections here, three sections. All right. Right of expatriation declared. Therefore, be it enacted by the Senate of the House of and of the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress is assembled that any declaration, instruction, opinion, order, or decision of any officer of this government which denies, restricts, impairs, or questions the right of expatriation is hereby declared inconsistent with the fundamental principles of this government. Bottom line is, they can't even question it. Section 2. Protection of naturalized citizens of foreign states. Notice they keep talking foreign states. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. It is further enacted that all naturalized citizens of the United States, while in foreign states, shall be entitled to and shall receive from this government the same protection of persons and property in accordance and accorded to native-born citizens in like situations and circumstances. All right? This one you're going to really love. She will. Uh-huh. Section 3. Release of citizens imprisoned in foreign governments to be demanded And it is further enacted that whenever it shall be made known to the president that any citizen of the United States has been unjustly deprived of his liberty by or under the authority of a foreign government, it shall be the duty of the president forthwith to demand of that government the release of such imprisonment. And if it appears to be wrongful and in violation, of the rights of American citizenship. Notice that you don't, they know you don't hear the word United States citizen. 
the president shall forthwith demand the release of such citizens. And if the release so demanded is unreasonably delayed or refused, it shall be the duty, duty, duty of the president to use such means not amounting to acts of war as he may think necessary and proper to obtain or effect such release and all the facts and proceeds, proceedings relative thereunto shall be particularly be communicated to the pre, by the president to Congress, approved July 27, 1868. All you guys out there want to be state nationals, <laughs> good luck. That's why when we ask the federal government for something, we don't get it. That's why when we go to, to the attorney general and ask for something, we don't get it. They ignore us because we made a choice a choice where we wanted to be, okay? We wanted to be state nationals or we wanted to be citizens of the United States, all right? And they're not going to violate this choice, people. If you think they are, you're wrong. They are not going to violate free will. Now, let me ask you a question. Where are you reading this from? The Expatriation Act of 1868. Expatriation Act. I will put this out there tomorrow. I didn't know we were going to have a call tonight. Okay. <laughs> you blindsided me. All <laughs> right. Uh, now, hold on a second. All right. Civil Rights Act of 1866. Be it enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled that all poor persons born in the United States and subject and not subject to any foreign power. Those are very important words, not subject to any foreign power, excluding Indians not taxed, are hereby declared citizens of the United States. Think about those those six little words, not subject to any foreign power. The 14th Amendment, we're going to get to that in a minute. And as such citizens, every race and color, without regard to previous conditions of slavery and voluntary servitude, except as punishment for a crime where the party has been duly convicted, shall have the same rights in every state and territory in the United States. They're talking about your Constitution right there. Now, hold on one second. I know I stuck it in here. Where did I stick it? Hold on. I didn't know we were going to have a call tonight, all right? Oh, here it is. I got it. Uh, 80 pages of notes here, sorry. 14th Amendment. <laughs> All right. I'm not kidding. I probably got more than that. All persons born or naturalized in the United States. All right. Here's six little words. Subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Okay. That means you can only be subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. And no place else. All right? United States is stingy. 
is selfish, are citizens of the United States and of the states wherein they reside. So if you're a citizen of the United States, you're a citizen of both. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within his jurisdiction the equal protection under the law. Bottom line, if you're a citizen of the United States, these states pretty much don't have any authority over you. All right? You expatriate it from them. Doesn't mean you got to leave them, okay? But it just means you don't want to be part of this king anymore. Now, what is going on here after the Civil War, all right, and all this was passed, the Expatriation Act, the Civil Rights Act, the 14th Amendment, okay, there was another act, uh, the Calling Forth Act or something like that, I got to look that up, uh, where the United States government, all right, wanted men to enlist in its army. The state stopped them, okay? The states want to be sovereign. Well, in a way they are, in a way they're not. There's a lot the states can't do in this country that the federal government can. Now, after the Civil War, these states, right, what they did was they had to find a way to keep us under the control of the states. Now, this is where the birth certificate started coming in, okay, in the early 1900s. As long as you were born and naturalized in that state, you were national of that state, and they had authority over you. And as these people knew, these are really smart people, that as long as you held allegiance to a foreign state, you could not be a citizen of the United States. Now, a lot of people out there keep throwing something around that these people going to Washington, D.C. are expatriating. Well, guess what? They are. They're expatriating from these political subdivisions called states, counties, cities, and becoming citizens of the United States. That's why they can sit up there and vote in Congress. I figured this one out because I talked to somebody. Yes, those people sitting in Congress are citizens of the United States. Remember the little laws that we found here a while back, the location of debtor's law? Remember that, you all? Mm-hmm. Where did it say the United States was? District of Columbia. No. Yeah, it's it District, District of Columbia. Columbia. Mm-hmm. All right, where's Congress? District of Columbia. That's mm-hmm. where the United mm-hmm. States is. You want to be a citizen of the United States? Then you're protected, guess what, people, by the Constitution. You're protected by everything that the United States has to offer. As long as you want to be a citizen of this state, or I shouldn't say citizen, a national of these states, you're not protected by anything. Remember one thing. Uh, Let me look up this for one second here. Um. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a there is a thing out there called 
United States versus Wong Kim Ark. It is a case law. All right? From 1898. You need to go read that case law. All right? I've got it out there on legal deception. A lot of it's highlighted. They're telling you a lot of the same stuff in there that I'm telling you right now. All right? But you need to definitely get that thing and you need to read it. All right? Now, I'm going to let you know something else. How many of you people have ever read Dred Scott versus Sanford? Stanford. It's a case law about a black slave. Nobody's on this call but me and you? No, everybody's muted. Hold on. Okay. I wanted to tell you, what was the name of the first case? Okay, it was uh, United States, hold on. Versus Wong Kim Ark. How do you spell that? Hold on a second. Because I'm typing it in the chat room. United States versus Wong, W-O-N-G. Kim, K-I-M, Ark, A-R-K. It's in illegal deception. It's in, I put it in illegal deception. If you don't read it. In the file section? In the file section, yes, ma'am. Everything's going in the file section. You don't read it, don't complain. It's all there. I had to read this thing six or seven times to believe what I would read. Okay? This is actual mm-hmm. case law, all right? Some of it coming from England that is brought over here. International case law. All right? It's all there. Now, I want to tell you something else. All right? The uh, Dred Scott versus Sanford. I don't know if you people have ever read that. I don't believe I put, I, like I said, I didn't know we were going to do this. I would have put it out there. The Supreme Court did a ruling there. I want you to listen very carefully. The Supreme Court's ruling was that the United States had no authority, all right, to enforce an anti-slavery law or, or control slavery out here in the territories. Judge Scott versus Tempered. You need to read that case law. I will put it out there tomorrow. Okay? They ruled that. So these states out here can tell you that slavery is outlawed, but it really isn't. They know it. All right? They know it. That's the case law that's supposed to have done away with the 13th Amendment that caused the Civil War and the 13th Amendment to be passed. And we have gotten into the 13th Amendment many times. Yes, it outlawed slavery, all right, except for crimes. All right, so all they had to do in these states was turn everything you did into a crime. <clears throat> a lot of people always complaining about the United States government. But the, the, uh, the United States government, all right, and uh, I did some checking on this. When you uh, work for the United States government, you don't have a driver's license in the States. When you're in the military and certain government positions, you don't have a driver's license. You have an identity card. That's it. All right? That's all. I called a friend of mine up on that one. He said, no, I ain't had a driver's license in 30 years. And that's about how long he's worked for the government, one form or another. So think about that while you're thinking. The, the only 
the only driver's license that they have is big commercial rigs. That's it. They require that to be licensed. All right? Not really licensed. All of your state licenses, all of them, every one of them, okay, is coming from these states. All of your tags, and it's all states, people. This is not the federal government that's doing this. It's not. It's these local boys. All right? Now, when when these people go to Washington, D.C., like I said, they have to expatriate. They become citizens of the United States. When they come back to these states, they can't be, you know, these cops can't pull it. You don't see cops pulling over senators or congressmen. Why? They're not under their jurisdiction. A long time ago, I met a guy who, who does stuff with cars. Buys, sells cars, blah, blah, blah. Tows them, uh, all kinds of stuff. We used to look at some of the tags that he'd run, and they would be completely blank with four zeros. All right, I found out that that person all right, is not subject to these state laws. That tag is a private tag. Okay? Think about what I just said. It doesn't have your name, nothing, silks. All it says is four zeros across it. No address, no nothing, silks. That is a private tag. Okay? Now, like I said, you need to get into that one Kim mark and read that thing from front to back a couple of times. You will not believe what's in it. You need to read the Dred Scott case. Because that case right there is unbelievable. That is Supreme Court, a guy named Taney. All right, you want to bring some people in and see if they got any questions, she wolf Hello? Hello? Hey, here. Anybody got any questions? Can you hear me, sir? Yes. All right, I'm out in Oregon. I got a question for you. Talk, listening in on this, I kind of come in late. I was born in Germany as an Army brat. My wife is born in Oregon. So that being stated, what would I claim or where would I go to claim citizenship? All right, first of all, the bat. Citizenship and nationality are different things. Okay. All right. You were born in Germany, all right? Did your father claim you? Uh, he claims me on birth certificate, yes. No. But all, I've, all, I've got a, all I've got is a, an Army version of birth certificate. All right, let me, let me say something. <clears throat> I have four people that I'm going to be getting stuff from very shortly. Dated, and I want to put this out here. If you have birth certificates prior to 1953, I pull them out, look at them, see if they say legitimate on there. Because we have four people right now, okay, that have birth certificates with the word legitimate on it and the space next to it, so right in there, whether or not you were legitimate. And we have one person who has told me that they have a birth certificate that says founding registration on it. 
So the question here is, did your dad legitimize you or not? If so, you are a United States citizen under your dad's birth, your birth. Were you, yes. was your mother a German? Negative. They were both American. They were both American, but you were born, born in a foreign, you were born in a foreign jurisdiction. Correct. So that's something you would have to check into as to what, what, what your status is. But going by the, what I'm reading right now. Well, maybe uh, Southern, if he was born inside a military base, maybe it belongs to the United States. So maybe he has a U.S. birth certificate. Well, he, it he is. probably, he has it is, right? I have the Army version because I was born on Army territory. Yeah, I knew it. That, but you know what? Let me tell everybody this, okay? This is not only happening here, people. It is happening all over the world. That's why you have Unidroit and you have the Universal Commercial Code, the UCC. It isn't just here, okay? No. When I start messing with the law and I get threatened, they didn't tell me I was just messing around with U.S. laws. They told me I was messing around with universal law. That means everybody. They're trying really hard. I don't know if there are still a few countries out there, probably North Korea, that doesn't want to play ball with them. They're trying to conquer the world. And most... Places are already conquered. Well, it's not really a question of conquering the world. The people in these countries, I, it, you, they, we all we all get mad because a couple of Mexicans come across our border. Okay. Until you saw that document, I show you where America was, right? Yeah. But think about it. Mm-hmm. What if I told you that everybody born in this country, I was an illegal immigrant when he was born. That's why I tried to tell them. They wouldn't listen. <laughs> you are. Can I, now you're can a I, Wait a minute. Let me tell you what you're really called right now. You're really called a registered alien, okay? You got a little bit more privileges than the resident aliens. You're a registered alien. And you know uh, how I know? Because somebody slipped one day and told me, that doesn't give you more power than other people. They said, you're a registered alien. I said, what did you just say to me? And they wouldn't repeat themselves. I said, I'm going to write that down now. You said registered alien. Well, a national, a national of a state, is that must have been somebody in the federal. No, you know what I was thinking? A that they know what they want to call us, but they try to hold their tongue until you get them really mad and they want to tell you what they really think about you. Well, a registered alien uh, yeah. under the fe- would be a state national, believe it or not, under the federal, from everything I'm reading. Yeah, because they're holding you captive as a ward of the state. Well, yeah. Back to the gentleman with a thing. Uh, get into that law. Read it. Read the nationality laws. Uh, and, and you need to you contact the counselor or your, uh, you might want to contact the uh, secretary of state John Kerry's office. I called him last week. Okay, and talked to him about it. Somebody else. Now, here. let me ask you this: If you're going to take the nationality of your father, like let, let's say this gentleman here, wouldn't he want to call himself a German American 
Or like, just, well, just say that. If he was German, wouldn't you want to say well, you're a German-American? Both, parent. both yeah. parents are American. Father and mother were both born in Florida. Okay. So I was, like, I was I don't really like what, American. Like, I just pulled up a document today called Ethnicity. And that just came about, like, around the 1950s, and I posted it on my wall. I'll post it on Legal Deception shortly. It says that they created five ethnicities, or six, I think, for the entire country. You're either black, white, Latino, non-white, wait a minute, white, non-Hispanic, or you are going to be a white, Hispanic, Latino, okay? So all Latinos are considered white. Then it says African-American, Asian-American, another one, um, I guess Eskimo or something like that. But that isn't supposed to be an ethnicity because you know what? Ethnicity, the word ethnicity was manifested in the year 1950. Did you know that before the year 1950, there was no such word as ethnicity or race, okay? I looked it up. So when people say, you know, like, what are you? I mean, like, I don't even know what to call myself anymore because they, they've changed they change it to categorize people, and what they do is they try to cheat a little bit with um, their government offices, and I know this because they eliminated Hispanic from our county. The word Hispanic was totally wiped out, and they told me, any Latin that comes in there, you determine if they're white or black, and I said, I can't do that. What do you want me to do, ask them their color? Don't you think it's kind of racist? I don't care. You're going to ask them what color they are. I asked this man, what color are you? I remember the first day, he said, you don't see I'm black? I said, (laughs) he was a white Cuban. He said, do I not see that he's black? I didn't know what to tell him. I felt offended. I mean, I know he was offended, but I went through this for several months while we were trying to change over to this new categorization of of the community. And then, you know, like, this is really serious. I went, when I went to Puerto Rico, I was, my cousins are African-American, black, dark skin, Afro, and then my other cousins range from red hair, blue eyes, to blonde hair, blue eyes. And we're all talking one day, and I said, so what do you guys call yourselves? They said, we're Puerto Ricans. I said, well, I'm saying to myself, well, in America, you'd be deemed black and you'd be deemed white, and they wouldn't call you a Puerto Rican. They call you by your color. They said, oh no, over here we don't have no colors here. We're Puerto Ricans. I'm like, okay. And then they told me, you know, what kind of an Indian tribe we came from, and they said we're really Taino Indians. I'm like, okay. And they said, know your people, and you know that is so important, people. If you don't know the history of your bloodline, like, they stole that from you. Do not let them impose upon you saying that you're black or white or Indian or Eskimo or whatever. You are what, you know, your family tries to teach you you are. They're even trying to erase your cultural background, your heritage. Seriously. I know some Mexicans, and I'm I'm guilty. 
I don't even know how to make the tortilla. I have to buy them out of Walmart. <laughs> I should <laughs> I should know. I know how to make some damn good tacos, though, but if you ask me to make a homemade tortilla, I don't know how to do it, but my kids do. They know how to do it real good. And they tell me, shame on you. I know, I know several different types of cuisines, but people, do not forget where you came from. Heritage and culture are so important. If we start forgetting who we are, because you go to the store and you buy a box of corn dogs and, and you buy a box of um, TV dinners, right? You're not going to remember anything that was passed on from generation to generation that made you unique from other people. Can I jump in here for a second? Yes. Hi. Uh, first of all, um, there you definitely have my condolences. Thank you. Uh, we uh, definitely have you and your family in prayer. Thank you um, so much. You're welcome. Um, I, uh, Who is this, Pastor Penn? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I know your voice. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I um, I was sitting here the other day, and um, we have a new TV station uh, uh, here in Macon, and um, the TV station caused me to think about somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I went on Facebook to see if I could find them. Couldn't find them. And basically... Uh, I did a good search for him, and the name popped up. And it was just like, as soon as I seen the name pop up, I said, damn, that's an obituary. And sure enough, it was. And it was a good friend of mine. He um, passed three years ago. Um, I say I say this, I said that to say, say this, that, you know, uh, Scripture said that tomorrow's not promised to any of us, you know. Um, yeah. We got to live for today. Um, we got a love for today. Um, and if you have loved ones who, you know, are around, you know, um, show them love today. Because tomorrow's not promised to them. Um, that brings me to, to this. And I, I, I'm listening and I understand what, you know, Southern was saying. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wicked web that, these people have woven to deceive us. But um, some things have occurred, and one of the things um, that we're working on, um, I resubmitted my my name change, and I put a baptismal certificate in there. Mm -hmm. And it caused me to go over and look at our baptismal certificates. <laughs> Stop laughing. We don't do. I baptism. know you must have found something good in there, huh? Well, no, 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 no. no. Um, we don't. We we technically we don't do baptismal certificates. I did it only okay. for that name change, um, okay. but it caused us to revise what we call our uh, certificate or declaration of dedication. And so, in in essence, what what we did is. Um, what we came up with, we changed the wording, and the wording goes as such. In obedience to Scripture and upon the confession of faith, this certifies that person being born again, baptized into the faith according to the set-apart Scriptures, does hereby repent for all acts and does acknowledge his calling in the Most High and does pledge full allegiance to his Creator and to no one else 
By doing so, by so doing, does become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, this date, ministry's name, location, and sign and seal. Now, um, during my walks uh, in the morning, time of meditation and prayer and, and listening to scripture, what has been given to me was to do an organic patent. And basically, what the organic patent is, is um, going back to the beginning, um, Genesis uh, 1 and 1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Uh, The earth became void, so forth and so on. But if you go into Psalm 24, I believe it is, verse number 1, and it reads thusly, and this is the, the basis between Genesis 1 and 1 and Psalms 24 and 1. This is the grounds for your organic um, patent. You can make it for land, organic land patent, or or a, or a organic uh, declaration of birth or being born or entry or whatever. Um, the earth belongs to Yahuwah and all that fills it the world, and those who dwell in it. Anybody got a higher uh, a claim than that? Bring it forward. If you don't, sit down and shut up. And that's just basically it. Um, so we're working on that in conjunction with the covenant. Um, there's another brother um, that we've been talking about, and we've been hitting some home runs, um, just, just batting some stuff. From, uh, now, I haven't really been saying too much, only behind the fact that I want to, I want to make sure that what we're saying and what we're doing is correct before. You I know, think we jump. it is. I think it is that I, um, uh, when I wrote my affidavit for my daughter, mm-hmm. I wrote that at the bottom. Anyone who has a higher claim as creator, bring forth now or forever hold your silence. You know that the judge closed that case. Because exactly. that would mean they would be claiming to be their father. Exactly. I mean, and and, and understanding this, um, the other part of it is, with, I kind of skipped mm-hmm. over. Um, you go into, uh, I think it's Genesis uh, 1 and 26. Uh, hold on. 1, 1 and 26, 1 and 27. Uh, I believe it talks about let us make man uh, in our likeness and in our image, you mm-hmm. know. And... Um, and, and that's that's what we're claiming. Um, um, the other piece is, is this. Um, I have been on Papa John, and I, I'm going to share this, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the brother wouldn't mind, um, but this is what we've been brainstorming. I know T had talked about service mark. Well, mm-hmm. I posted something about the trade secrets. And the reason that that even came up is because of a situation that I'm facing here mm-hmm. um, and attempting to try to get back property that was stolen from us by the sheriff um, mm-hmm. in, in a criminal investigation. And basically what he has taken, he's, in, he's illegally taken trade secrets because mm-hmm. though um, I may have access to that computer, there are trade secrets on that computer. And he's in violation of that 
that those trade secrets. Um, but um, what we came up with was this. Anybody, anybody familiar with Papa John's? Yeah. Okay. What's what what what's the first thing you notice about Papa John's? Um, besides, besides pizza. Well, they always promote that everything that they create is fresh. Well, okay. All right. Well, let, let, let me make it this real simple because we'll be here all night. Um, okay. Tonight's actually date night. Wife, let me get out for a minute. <laughs> um, okay. Papa John. In fact, let me let me pull it up just to make sure I'm saying what is correct. I don't want to mislead anybody. But one of the things about Papa John's is this. Um, better pizza, better ingredients, Papa John's, right? That's their slogan. But does anybody know what his trademark is? I don't even remember. I used to work for them. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. What is it's, it, a fresh vegetable? <laughs> no, no. No. Oh my God! I feel ashamed now. <laughs> it's okay, you know, because like you know, like the, the brother I was explaining it to, he didn't get it because he didn't really do Papa John's. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Papa John is his trade name, or is 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 trade is is his doing business as I guess name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Logo is his name and his image. So what we were thinking was our our signatures would be our service mark. And for me, I was thinking my photo and my fingerprints would be my trademark. So what does that do? That what would that make that your um the, wait a minute you saying the trade name is what trade name would be my name and also oh. the letter or no I'm sorry it would be the all caps name let let okay. me throw something in here uh, I'm gonna get into identity here in a few minutes okay but you know what he brings up a good point because remember Southern when I told you that the lady in Florida said. Oh, no. We weren't stupid enough to let you guys get away with that. And I said, explain yourself, yeah. ma'am. Remember what she said? Yeah. You I know. can't service mark your signature. And I said, why not? She goes, because you, you have to be producing a service in the marketplace. I said, I am. She said, what services? And I said, I cook dinner. I um, prepare food for my family. I do housekeeping. I am um, housekeeper on the property. And right. she said, that's not a service. And I said, yes, it is. I said, someone is benefiting from that service. You're benefiting because my house looks nice around the um, entire 100 by 70 square foot around the property. We paint it. We keep up the property. Um, we make sure that it's presentable. And then you have to go inside. You got to cook, clean, make sure the ice. Yeah, you got to make sure your husband goes to work and the people can go out and make some tax money for you. 
And she was getting mad. And I said, now, you're telling me that nobody's benefiting? Remember, she wouldn't answer. Well, the, the, the problem in Florida, I did some research into it. These lawyers down here are smart. They already got that sewed up. But I won't, let me let me get back to it for a second, if you don't mind, to the guy with a German birth. All right. Mm-hmm. Being, hello? Are you still here? I'm here. All right. Being as you were born in Germany, I would definitely research that, okay, and find out what the deal is. Because you you were born in a foreign jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And being born in that foreign jurisdiction of Germany, all right? No, but he was mind. born inside the base, and the base is American. No, he was born inside the jurisdiction of Germany. See, this is why yes, this is the problem. But he, I think he has a U.S. birth certificate. Well, right, and there's have, something, um, I don't know where is that, Southern, um, that talks about that. It, it, it's a, a FMS or something. Um, they they talk about either that or nationality, um, and it talks about if you're born on a military base or if you are a, um, a diplomat or something like. It was something I was just freaking reading, and it talks about well, that. With what level of uh, diplomat you are depends on uh, what type of um, you're born. Like say, all right, say you're you're a diplomat for the United States, and you're over in uh, Istanbul, okay, all right, and you're the diplomat, you have a son, and he's born there on that, in that compound, then he, he's American citizen, because mm-hmm. that's a, a, com, a, a, a consulate. And, yeah, the consulate is American. Right, and so, but, but then it goes down, like, uh, you know, uh, another person, they they just a secretary, okay? They don't have the same level of status even though they're in there. I forget where that document is, but I, I'm going to try to uh, see if I can remember where that I was know, at. I know exactly what you're talking about. This is why I'm telling him that he needs to contact uh, the State Department or, or the military and find out his status, okay? Because I don't know what his father was. I don't know what his mother did over there. Right, uh, right, 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 right. So yeah, it'd be nice to know, are I, you an American citizen, or are they claiming that you're a U.S. citizen? Gotcha. Yeah. Now, um, now I know if I'd, uh, if I'd asked for it or applied for it, I could have had dual citizenship, Germany and America, if I'd have done it before 18, but I never did. I put your yeah. You're not wearing those shorts. Yes, but dual citizenship, from, from if you get into Juan Kim Ark and you get into uh, Dred Scott, dual citizenship is a dangerous situation. The yeah, no, I don't is, want it. Yeah, I don't want it. Yeah. And I didn't apply it's, for it, so it's mute. Uh, theoretically, it, and this was my conver- one of my conversations, if the, the United States and Germany ever have a falling out, uh, whose side do you want? Exactly. Either way you go there, it's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> okay. Sure. Now, uh, we have we have a little bit of reading we can do. There's, yes, there's a ton of it. 
We're going to get it to the next one. Okay, let me get in this other document here by the notes. Uh, this is out there on legal exception, too. It's called Children Born Out of Wedlock. This is a bunch of immigration laws and stuff that I put together that you need to see. All right? Now, let me explain something to you. When you expatriate, nope. all right, if you expatriate from these cities, counties, and political subdivisions, states, understand something, all right, you cannot be a stateless person. If you don't know what this is, you need to sit down. I put a document out there on statelessness, all right, the conventional statelessness. You do not want to be this. You must choose a nationality. The reason is, if you are a stateless person, you are found inside, and I call the United Nations on this, people. I want to make sure. If you are found inside a, a nation, any nation, and you are a stateless person, undocumented to enter that country, you are considered an undocumented illegal immigrant. And they can jail you according to this lady that I spoke with, until a, until a country will accept you. Listen to what I just said. Now, statelessness is mostly, is mostly refugees. That's why when they have refugees who come into a country, all right, they, they give them nationality. They, they document them so they can stay there, so they can go get a job, so as they can hold a bank account, stuff like this. The last thing you want to be, and I know a lot of people, I don't want no, hold no allegiance. You've got to hold something. Okay? That's the way it is. I don't like it, and, uh, but if you, a stateless person is not someone you want to be. You can be arrested. You can be permanently detained. But you have no constitutional or civil rights in that nation. So be forewarned. Well, you just said nation, so you know that you're recognizing that these are nation states, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. When you when you leave when you leave the, when you left the state of Florida, you had to go in the state of Texas. You had to register. Mm-hmm. But you're now in you're now an illegal alien in Texas. Registered alien. I'm nothing over here because what I did is I brought my corporate name here. It's from Florida, but I registered it to an address here in Texas, and they accepted it and removed me from their system. Well, okay. Now, when you were born, these states out here were not stupid. All right? The last thing they want is some little alien floating around out here that they got to pay for. All right? Uh, well, let me start off here. Uh, <laughs> they don't want to pay for you. We're not asking them to pay. The problem the is, is that we're supporting them, and um, that's what the problem was with the Secretary of State. I told her, well, if we pay federal taxes from wages, why are you taxing us all over again? I said, because you already tax the wage. You're taxing every penny that comes out of our, that we spend. You, you Listen, they're taxing, quadruple taxing you. This is what I asked her, and they couldn't answer the question the other day. They were, 
they were going into crisis because, you know, I told her, listen, I'm not going to continue allowing you guys to think you're going to run me over with this birth certificate issue. I need to know how to, I told her, I want an emancipation and I want it on records. What did she do? She sent me to um, the security department because that birth certificate is a security for them. And the lady didn't know what to tell me either. And I kept saying, what is this, a municipal bond? Well, I want to know what this birth certificate is with all these seals on it. I want to see it about five minutes. <laughs> well, I got a real good one for you guys, too. I hope people stay to the end of the show because Anna sent me some really good things here in the statutes of um, Alaska. And he, once again, we're going to find that corpus decedent that they don't want to talk about. Okay. Hey, hey, cousin. Something you want to look up is 34 Code of Federal Regulations 300.45. That's 34 Code of Federal Regulations 300.45. Ward of the state in the Code of Federal Regulations. All right, general subject or paragraph of this section, ward of the state means a child who, as determined as determined by the state where the child resides, is a foster child, is one, a foster child, two, a ward of the state, three, in the custody of the public child welfare agency, D, exception. Ward of the state does not include a foster child who has a foster parent who meets the definition of a parent in Section 330. Well, 34, 330. All right. Hold on a minute. Let me find it. Foster parent, uh, unless... A foster parent, unless state laws, regulations, and contractual obligations with with a state or local entity prohibits a foster parent from acting as a parent. Now, in legal deception, there's a thing called guardians and and ward doc that's pulled right out of uh, American juris American jurisprudence. All right, or oh, American? Yeah, I think it's American jurisprudence. You need to download that. You need to read that. It's a long document. It's already highlighted for you. It's telling you every, a lot of stuff of what's going on here. Once we know the problem, we can rectify the problem. Now, back to where I was fixing to go. When these people brought you into this state, all right, they took some money, probably, from what I've been able to gather, all right, from your mom and dad's Social Security account. Because when you were born, all right, they took your social, mom and dad's social security numbers, okay, and sent them over to child support right that very minute, believe it or not. This can be found in just about every law in this country. And I've only looked them up in about 20 states. Can, can, can so, we be heard here? Excuse me? Can we be heard? What do you mean? That, uh, that the... Uh 
the Social Security Act, 1935, Section 502, states that the Department of Labor allowed $1.8 million to the state where the certificate of live birth is registered to. Yep. That's the valuable consideration that was given. Now, I'll I'll give you a, a little hint. That number was drastically increased in 1939 under the 1939 Amendment to the Social Security Act. If you don't believe me, go look it up. You'll have a heart attack as to what that number is today, or was in 1939. In 1939, they also turned the Social Security Trust Act into Generation Skipping Trust. You'll find that in there. Now, what these people did, as far as I can tell, they went in and they took some money out of Mommy and Daddy's Social Security account. How much? We don't know. All right? For those of you who want to write this down and look it up for yourself, I'm going to give you exactly where to find this. Hold on one second. This is a 32-page document. Let me find it. <laughs> All right. This is in the ch- Children Born Out of Wedlock Doc. Okay. <clears throat> Deposit of an interest on cash received to secure immigration bonds. All right. This is Section 298 of the immig- 293 of the Immigration Act, 8 U.S.C. 1363. That's 8 U.S.C. 1363. Cash received by the Attorney General. Notice they don't tell you which Attorney General. All right. As securities on the immigration bond shall be deposited in the Treasury of the United States in trust for the obligator on the bond. That attorney general is an alien property custodian. Yes, I know exactly who they are. And shall bear interest payable to a rate determined by the Secretary of the Treasury, except that no case shall the interest rate exceed 3% per diem annually. Now, what I think they're, they're doing here is they took the money the states did, not the federal government, all right? And they deposited this money with the U.S. Treasury Department so as they could pay, get interest on this money, all right? Such interest shall occur from the date of deposit occurring after, uh, this is uh, April 26, 1966, to include the date of withdrawal or date of breach of the immigration bond, whichever occurs first, providing this, this, this cash received by the Attorney General. Notice they don't say which one. I'm going back to the State Attorney General on this, because that's what I think it is. As security uh, on the immigration bond, remember, you guys are all state nationals, okay? And that's where they've been getting everybody. And deposited by him, in the postal savings system prior to discontinuance of the system, shall occur interest as provided in this section. <clears throat> From the date of such 
cash cease to occur interest under this system. Appropriations of the Treasury Department for interest of uninvested funds shall be available for payment of said interest. The interest occurring on cash received by the Attorney General, now like I said, it doesn't say which one, so we're going by the state here, as security of the immigration bonds shall be subject to the same disposition all right, as prescribed by the principal cash except the interest occurring all right, to the date of breach of the immigration bond shall be paid to the obligator on the bond. To the obligator on that bond. Now, this is Immigration Act 213. Repeat, UN Immigration Act 213. All right? This is 8 U.S.C. 1130, I mean 1183. That's United States Code 8 U.S.C. 1183. An alien inadmissible under paragraph 4 of this section. 212A may, if otherwise admissible, be be admitted in the discretion of the Attorney General. Notice what they're saying. They're talking about you coming into the state here. Subject to the affidavit of support required and attended by the support Sponsor's income, all right, and secured under Section 213A, 1, upon the giving of a suitable and proper bond or undertaking approved by the Attorney General in such amount and contains such conditions as may be described to the United States, okay, and to all states, territories, towns, cities, municipalities, districts, therefore holding the United States and all state territories, counties, towns, municipalities, districts, I and therefore harmless against such alien becoming a public charge. Such bond or undertaking shall terminate upon the permanent departure from the United States the naturalization, right, or the death of such alien, or any sum or other securities held in secure performance thereof, except to the extent, listen carefully, forfeited for violations of the terms thereof, shall be returned to the person to whom furnished or has legal or his legal representatives. Suit may be brought thereof in the name and by the proper law enforcement officer of the United States or for any use of the United States or for any state, territory, district, county, town, or city in which the alien becomes a public charge irrespectively of whether a demand for payment for public expenses has been made. Bottom line, they gave you a bond. You're holding it. It's called the birth certificate. This is my theory, all right, because I'm not a lawyer. They get, when you came in, an event happened. You were born. 
they gave you a name, they gave you a nationality to prevent you from becoming a public charge on the state. They took, took the money, all right, and they created a bond, a.k.a. A surety. The birth certificate in your hands, all right, is that public bond. Who may cash in that public bond? Any state, county, city, municipality, or district that you become a public charge in. She will be there. Yeah. What did you have to give to get your grand your granddaughter in school? I gave them the birth certificate. Because that kid is now a public charge going to a public school, and therefore that's why they always ask you whenever you get when, when you go to school, the first thing they want to see is that birth certificate. Because that's what they're cashing But I didn't in. give it to them. I didn't give them hers. I told them, no, you're not allowed to have her stuff. You can use mine, right. and I gave, I laid the papers, and then she became a private student. Mm-hmm. Because Why? Because I gave them the birth certificate authenticated. See, I gave them, you know, this is what I hate about talking about that birth certificate. There's two of them. And supposedly some of the people are telling me now they've been merged into one, but I have a green one, which means it's from the land that's from my mother. And that's held by the city where you were born. And the other one is held by the county seat, the county. One of mine is blue. The other one is green. It's very hard to find. Some people, I mean, in Texas, they don't have a problem. They found, they found, they found them. I've talked to a couple of my friends. They came to the house here before um, my dad passed away. They found theirs. And I know if I, if I had the money and the time, I would go throughout every state asking, where are those other birth certificates? They're hiding them. Because when you show them both of the birth certificates um, and you tell them, I am the controller, and you lay down your papers, you don't talk to regular people. You have to talk to the district attorney or the school district. This country is being, everybody's looking at county, city, state, United States, District of Columbia, right? You hear what it's called? District of Columbia. So who do I talk to when I have a problem? I speak to the district attorney of the county and the school district. And I put my papers down and say, okay, we're going to negotiate. They look at my papers and say, here, sign this waiver. Why? Because I know, remember I told you this, Southern? I watched this movie the other day, a documentary of the Holocaust. And the lady said something really important. She said, when Hitler began creating, um, you know, different borderlines. He created districts, and she said the districts are really called ghettos. I'm like, what the heck? They're called ghettos? And she said, yeah, and you have to go to the district for anything that you want to do. They can order you to be killed. They can do this and that. But she said, you always got to go to the district. That's what Hitler set up. Well, let me tell you something. This country is no different. It is operated by district. I'm trying to study more on the district because a long time ago in 06, 
somebody, I was in a group a long time ago, OSIT, and they were telling me something. I didn't have enough time to learn, but they're gone. They said, if you want your freedom, you got to go to the district. Well, I'll let you know a secret. In the United States, mm-hmm. ghettos are called towns, cities, and counties. What are they called? They call them towns, cities, and counties. Those are your new I ghettos. would agree. I'm telling you, they, they just don't want to tell you what they're really called, but you know, I know a guy, he was a Freemason. He would say, like, they're going to be moving all the poor people down south. And this was when I was in Florida. He said, we got to get the ghetto out of the city and move them somewhere where nobody can see them. And I said, that's kind of cruel. And he says, is it? He said, they're a burden and they're an eyesore to the city. And I'm like, why do you say that? Well, if you would, And, you know, I rode through the city. I know what he's talking about. I used to work with the homeless. So when I was working with the homeless, people would be sleeping outside at the Salvation Army. And Southern knows, like the Salvation Army, Southern, where they make you sleep outside at night on these um, sleeping yep. bags. Mm-hmm. So... And they had cardboard city, and they began tearing them down. And now it's almost, it's illegal for you to feed homeless people. They just want them to get out of the city. Sure. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like, I think that in order to be able to create a positive change uh, to the country, you know, people are going to have to start reverting back to where they came from, their heritage, their culture, and write up your own paperwork when your children are born and get witnesses. And you're going to have to go back to the basics where a long time ago people used to register things in their family Bible. You can make your own family Bible. You can call it the book of whatever your family's called. If you have records and you keep your records straight and notarized and with witnesses, guess what? You created your own history and you created your own future. Well, let me put it like this. He can say what he wants to about the homeless. But about if the what? I suspect, he can say what he wants to about the homeless. Oh, they already did it. They already started doing that. After he said that, they started, remember, they started tearing down all the cardboard Mm -hmm. city and stuff. Because if my, if this is correct, they are using that bond to generate revenue because those people, those homeless people, are all public charges, okay? And being a public charge, the police and anybody else the city, the county, the state, whatever, can use that bond, cash it in, get money off that bond to take care of these people. The only problem is mm-hmm. they're not they're getting that money and they're putting it in their fat little pockets. Well, look they what else they're doing. Like, I don't even get this, but I put an, um, a video where the police confiscate the people's property mm-hmm. and they're selling it. Like, wait a minute, didn't you just get paid with the bonds? that you cash in on the people, you know, for the state. Like, the reason why the county takes count of all the people in the city is 
um, so they can get paid for you being in their community. Yeah. They get paid mm-hmm. every every uh, fiscal quarter. They get paid for you being in their city and their community, and they're here complaining and talking about you being a public burden. And um, I had wrote something up the other day about uh, citation slavery, mm-hmm. and then I found an article written about citation slavery. Well, I didn't see that. I wish I had it. No, you know why? Because I'm just using stuff, I'm like, well, this is citation slavery. I typed in the word citation slavery and I found a whole article about citation slavery where they outlaw you, your ability to live, they've outlawed it. So anything that a human being can do, okay, this is how, how they do it. They take human behavior and they think of all the horriblest, darkest things that a human being can do, and they outlaw everything so that they can always point the finger at you and say you've done wrong. As oh. a scam. If what if this is true with the immigration and I suppose they smack, okay. Now, this is the only place and I've been doing the research for many, many years. And I told that I told she will she'll verify it when I first met her that that was a bond. I told her it was under the Immigration Act. Hello. Mhm. Okay. The only place that I can find in all the codes where it talks about any bond is under the Immigration Act. I the only place. Now, I can tell you where the trusts are are sitting. That's 31 U.S.C. 1321. Yes, I read these things, people. Back years ago, we got a group of people together, okay, a couple hundred people. Everybody took one United States code, a group of about four or five people, and they read it. All right? So we knew who knew what. And we learned from each other. Now, don't kid yourself for one second. If you can show me where these bonds were created, anywhere else, I'll sit down and listen. But that is the only place in the United States Code that I can find where they talk about creating a bond on somebody. And it all makes sense because when your kids go to school, what do they want? They want that birth certificate. When you go down to get your driver's license, you become a public charge on the road. They want your driver's license. Hello? Can I backtrack you guys for a second? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. This is John back out in Oregon again. Going back to the birth certificate, you talked about legitimizing your children because I was mm-hmm. born out of country, but my wife was born here in the same city that they were born in, do I go about le- trying to legitimize, or would I have her do that? Wait, are you married to her? Oh, yeah. She okay, cannot man. legitimize need to go. She cannot. No, he, still has to cla- no, he has to do it. He has to claim them. Yes, he must claim those by, children. By um, default, this is by default. They're under the mother's nationality by default. 
You don't even right. exist, even if you're married to her. Um, me and him found so many laws that excluded you, even if you were married. Um, the, the judge, they, that's the trick. They don't recognize you as the father. You're called an assumed, the assumed um, alleged father. I'm sorry. And every scientifically, in statute law, in federal law, um, local law, you're called the um, assumed, uh, no, what is it I told you, Southern? Father. Alleged father, I'm sorry. You're alleged father, even if you were married. Not even though I'm on birth certificates? Yeah, I talked to the lady um, many, about two years ago, I called and I said, hey, I have a question. You do DNA testing here, and I saw on your um, scientific data that you do all of these manipulations to prove who the father is. Why is that? She says only mtDNA passes from child to child, and it can go all the way back to the beginning of mankind. I said, but why can you not determine who the father is? She said, because we just can't do it. I mean, even if you were to do a DNA and um, you go in to do the DNA by yourself, they're going to make up some numbers and crunch them together to say that you're the father, if they wanted to. I was reading the entire science, because I love reading science. I wanted to be an astronaut. So any kind of scientific data that you put on my way, I'm interested. So I told her that legally, you're saying that even if the man is married to the woman, he's only the alleged father. Why is that? She said, by default of the law, the child is automatically, um, you know, determined by nationality and heritage to the mother. The father has to take extra steps and actions to claim that he's the father. If he doesn't do it, then you're just the alleged father, and they don't tell you that. Let me let me say something here. Do not, under any damn circumstances, register yourself with a punitive father registry. Oh, yeah. People, <laughs> you are admitting to the fact that you're what? I hope the women don't get mad at me. By doing so, you're admitting you're what? the woman is a whore. Your children are illiterate, are illegitimate, and you're only the alleged father. This punitive father registry is a big fraud. Mm-hmm. I, it does not legitimize that child. Okay? It simply says, I am the alleged father of this child. I will support it. That's all it says. So if you go that route, don't come back and cry. He's right. He's right because my dad, he wrote an affidavit. When he wrote the affidavit, the judge closed the entire case out and says, you don't owe any child support. You don't owe anything to these children. They are yours. They, he wrote, ordered the judge and decreed that these three children, he didn't call us children. He said our names belong to, and he gives it to my dad in his upper lowercase names. And he removed the child support. He removed everything. He wrote hospital bills paid in full. Um, mar- they're married, um, acknowledge, he said, acknowledge in and for consideration, order, ju- I mean, he, the, 
The judge writes that you are now declared the official father of that child, not a parent, not a custodial parent. Um, they don't use um, they don't use the children's surname. They put the given names that the parents give you, and that is how you know that the documents are legitimate. When they do that, your birth certificate is going to be sealed and you don't no longer exist in their world. Mm-hmm. So I have a question on, on child support. I have a 21-year-old son who I paid child support on, even though he was here half-time, all the way mm-hmm. up through his years. He went into college. I continued to pay support on him while he was in college, and then he, he, he failed out. Um, and unbeknownst to me, I should have gotten child support canceled at that point, but didn't know I could. So I have $2,500 hanging over my head for back support that hasn't been paid yet. Well, well, I think you should write yourself an affidavit and say that you relinquish your responsibilities as and you know say as father you know say that is your son however you relinquish those responsibilities as he has reached and attained the age of majority my duties have been fulfilled you shouldn't keep you know you have to also listen people when you're under a contract who said you can't break the contract do not let these people fool you into thinking that you're bound to those contracts they will harass you and lie to you and let me tell you, I know, I went through some hell these past couple of weeks with DCF trying to harass me. And when I told them some, some words, they told me I was being uncooperative with them. And I told them, I don't have to cooperate with you, and I think you know that already. I said, I already sued you once, and you lost $2.8 billion. You don't want me to sue you again. I'm telling you to stand down. You have no authority over me or anyone in my family. But you got to give them, uh, you got to always, you're going to have to always go into that probate when you're, when you're dealing with family issues um, because you're being probated by the probate court as a ward of the state. Let me, let me get it, I'll throw something in here. Are you on legal deception by any chance? Say that again, I'm sorry. Are you a member of Legal Deception? I don't believe I am. I, I know the name, but I can't remember if I've signed into you or not. Find, find it. All right. Or David Mandel. Tomorrow, I have a flag with an eagle. An avatar. <clears throat> All right. I'll get you into Legal Deception. Go into the file section and pull up the collected, undistributed child support funds. I got 10 years of them sitting there. Now, what they're doing, and don't get mad at me. I didn't do this, buddy. Okay? They took the money out of your Social Security account to pay that child support with. They put that money in those funds. Okay? I got the laws that they did it with. They stuck it in there, and now what they're doing is getting you to pay the debt so as they can look down the road and claim those are abandoned. Those are abandoned funds, and they can put them in their pocket. She Wolf here actually called the state of Florida, okay? She Wolf, 
Tell them what the lady told you. I was listening on the call. Yeah, it was. I spoke to the head honcho of the division of um, revenue. Revenue is a tax. And I told her that we saw so many millions of dollars inside the child support, uh, unclaimed child support. And let me tell you, Southern was listening. She said, who are you? Are you an investigator? I said, no. She said, are you a news reporter? And I said, no. She goes, and who are you? I said, I'm a concerned citizen of this state, and I want to know why you have all this money in this account undistributed. So she told me that the reason why they had it in there was they couldn't find us. <laughs> and I told her, how can that, because this is when me and him were starting, and I said, how can, how can you not find the people? Don't they, don't they live here in this state? And she didn't want to talk about it. She was trying her darnest, and she, she kept saying, what do you want me to do? I want you to pay the dues that you owe to these people. You have all this millions and millions of dollars that you've not given to the mothers and children for child support. And she just kept saying, we were unable to locate them. And I'm thinking, you know, you are a liar. But the next day, guess what? They offered me a job. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? Because they were probably wondering, how in the heck did they find? It was Southern who found all the money. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, they listen, they take millions and millions of dollars from those Social Security accounts, and they go in through, like, Title IV funding, they get incentives. And what these um, agencies do is they become an agency, a public agency, and then they receive grants. And those grants are coming out of your Social Security accounts. And they pay themselves. I posted an article in the state of Texas uh, a couple, I think it was a couple months ago. The state of Texas allegedly, all right, in one year, collected three point. I think it was three point eight billion. That's not million with an M. It's B with a billion dollars in back child support owed to the state. Think about that number for a minute, people. Three point eight billion dollars. And if you I remember, with a zillion. D with a B, billion. Now, these these people are claiming they're garnishing the wages of 99% of these fathers out here, which they are. How the hell can they claim that that 1% owes $3.8 billion in bad child support? And if I remember the article correctly, I think you said that the state of Texas was still owed 115 billion dollars in back child support. Now, think about that number. $115 billion. There's a state in this country that claims almost $185 billion in unclaimed child support. All right? Almost $185 billion. That article came out about two years, uh, yeah, about two years ago. They were saying that all, all the deadbeats up there, $185 billion. The state budget for that state, by the way, for a year is only $40-something billion. That's the state budget.
You know what I find so weird is they, they call the fathers deadbeat dads. Mm-hmm. Like they're saying that the fathers are dead. You know, you got to look at the clever names that they create for the fathers and stuff, and nobody's ever asked them, hey, what is a deadbeat dad? Like, whenever you're in court, people, don't assume. Here, here's something really important. When you go to court, do not assume or presume that you know what they're saying. Always ask questions. Say, what is a deadbeat dad? What is child support? Whenever they try to impose something on you, ask them for a definition. Well, let me say something here. Under the 1935 Social Security Act, if you get in there and read that thing very carefully, it talks about the women and the children being dependents of the government. Okay? Now, after they took the gold and the silver off of us in 1935, they took these children and women on as dependents for what they had already set up in these states was child support and alimony system. They were going to, they already knew that if they could keep this running, they could take all that money, put it in their fat little pockets, uh, and nobody would be the wiser. That's exactly what they did. She Wolf's uh, father just passed away, and I know for a fact she's having an issue right now. I haven't even talked to her about it, about where all her mother's, uh, Social Security money that she paid in went to. And why now that her dad's dead, is she going to get so little out of her dad's account? They made the fathers, the men in this country, obligators for that public debt. And they dumped it back on, on the men from 1910 all the way up into now. I... Remember, I don't remember the date. I used to have the article. But in 19, 2006, I, somebody I know sent an article out there. I'm a member of an online group. And they were like, holy cow. They arrested the first deadbeat mother in 2006. Think about it. Child support had been strictly a male thing. I, from two, 1910 to 2006. And the last time I checked with somebody, I believe he was about a year and a half, two years ago. I'm not real active in that no more. He said that there was like five men in this country, or six men, I forget what it was, five or six men collecting alimony. There are millions of men paying alimony but only five or six collecting it. And I have a friend of mine in uh, D-Land, Florida. His current ex-wife owes him better than $120,000. And every time she goes to court, Judge orders her to hand him 20 bucks. what's in her pocket. Trust me, if I owed that much, I'd be sitting in prison. Oh, yeah. So don't kid yourself. You need to get... they When they created the Social Security Act 1935, there has been 40, 50 or better uh, amendments to that act. 
that those acts can be looked up the public laws on Wikipedia, look up list of social security acts. And you'll pull it right up on Wikipedia. And you can actually go in and read every damn one of them. You can pull them right up online, people. You will not believe some of the things in those things. You will not. Well, you know, Pastor Penn is still trying to get his name restored. You know, like, I'm going to tell you, like, I, I've been speaking to several, I'm, I'm just going to say African Americans, because I don't want to call you by no color. I don't want to say black people or anything. But our colored people, I'm colored too. I'm Actually, I'm dark brown, but people are trying to get their names changed. And what I've noticed is that they're giving the African-American people hard times because I think it makes them angry and they don't want to say anything that African-Americans are figuring out that you're not supposed to be walking around giving a document with an all capital name on it. Um, And people will say that it doesn't make a difference. It does. The reason why is, This lady was talking to me one day, the notary, and she had said, you know, we can't put that upper lowercase name in there. And I said, why? She said, because if your ID doesn't show uh, upper lowercase proper name, um, then that is, um, you know, we'd we'd be validating something that's not true. And you know what? We tell them we don't really care. That we don't write our names in all capital letters, and we're not going to say that um, uh, we are coming in here using that all capital name. And um, so she did it. But um, if you look, like some people had voters' registrations and stuff. You know, I was looking at an old voters' registration that I had from many years ago, and it had all capital letters. And then one day when I began working for the government, they changed it to upper lower case. Why? So I don't know, but like, you know, I had read somewhere in this book that if you work for the government, you become a citizen of the United States. And, you know, basically they talk about the citizens of the United States are really, you know, people that work in government. But uh, And that's who the Constitution applies to. The Constitution applies to anyone working in a government agency because that is, the Constitution is how the government is going to function. Well, let now, me the people, the people are free to do whatever they want to. Let me, let me say something. Mm-hmm. All right. First off the bat, if you look at your driver's license, mm-hmm. all right, that all capital name is a fake name. If you go into yep. your state laws, now we're going to get into identity here. The use of a fraudulent name on a driver's license or identification uh, is a crime. By the fact that you're carrying that document around with you, that all capital name, you're automatically a criminal. That Now, a lot of people don't. Uh, I better listen to this. The, le- the Civil War never officially ended. I'm going to get into this. There's no peace treaty. There's no armistice. There never will be. I don't care what people tell you. That uh, Andrew Johnson got up three times and declared peace on the land. Uh, a war, believe me, 
Gee Wolf will tell you, Candy George will tell you, if you want to know the laws of war, I'm the man to talk to. Now, war is like a good duck. It's like a good duck. It ain't over till the paperwork is finished, and there is no paperwork. Lee surrendered the army at Appomattox. That's it. These states never surrendered. You guys remember July 10th was a year ago. All right, the big thing about bringing down the flag over South Carolina? Well, let me tell you something, people. That was the last remaining flag of the Civil War. Got brought down and retired from the battlefield. Up until this point, we have been under the Libra Code. All right, now Libra Code is only for deception. Go look it up. Go look up Article 15, 32, 86, or 141. They plainly tell you in there, okay, that all during a war, certain things happen. I'm going to tell you what they are. One, all law is suspended, including the Constitution. All law. Here recently, uh, Speaker of the House, Ryan, made a statement that they were bringing back the Constitution. The reason they're bringing it back is because we've been in a 150-year-old civil war. All right, Article 140 and 41 tells you in the Libra Code that all civil laws are suspended. This is related in a book called, um, oh my God, my mind just stopped for a second. Um, I'll think of it in a minute. It's a law of war manual. I, I, military government and martial law. Go read section 9. This was written by an attorney general who clearly tells you in, in that section. It's uh, chapter 9. I think it is. That all law is suspended during a war. What a country does during a war, it lays down its civil laws, right? and it picks up the laws of war. Now, during a war, the citizens and subjects of one country become enemies of the citizens and subjects of the other country. The gentleman here that was in the military knows this. Okay? So they lay down their laws, and they pick up the laws of war. And that's how the, the war is fought to them international laws. The Libra Code was in the war, was laws of war of the states. That Libra Code's never been suspended. Now there is a section under the Libra Code where it talks about the United States that anybody seeking uh, freedom uh, under the the laws of the United States government, the laws of the United States military, they cannot be put back into slavery. That's in the Libra Code. I don't remember the actual article on that one. But now, when you're riding around out here, when they tell you you've got to get a license to get married, a license to fish, a license to hunt, a driver's license, understand that those licenses do not cross the state line. Uh, about a year ago, the I wrote a document a long, long time ago. It's only good deception called the license doc. You need to go read it. Those of you who want to talk about commerce and your driver's license, 
keep saying I'm not driving the commerce, well, you better go read that. Because commerce is not going to, it's intercourse I on the labor code. And yes, it's still functioning today as it was 150 years ago. That's why you got all these licenses, get married and everything else. We've walked this document into court and we've played with it and we've had some unbelievable results. But that's for another show. Now the bottom the bottom line to all this is these people have hid this war from the American people. The fact that it never ended. This is what the the this the uh, uh expatriation act is all about, the fourteenth amendment. Uh, the uh, Civil Rights Act, that's what all this is about. Is that war. Everything that's happened since, since 1860 has been about that war. The uh, Unclaimed Property Acts, right? the Alien Property Custodian, all of this comes out of that civil war. Don't kid yourself that it's not going on because of this. Now, these, when these people I fought this war. I they like I said they concealed this from the people. I think this war was between the Republican North and the Democratic South, and I think this war is still going on today. Except we're fighting this war now in the ballot boxes. This is why they got everybody wanting them to vote, to register to vote, so as they know which side you're on. This is just my opinion. But it's starting to thought, but it's made a lot of sense. That's why I unregistered myself to vote. I don't want to be a part of this war. Now, what's going to happen now that the last flag is down? I don't know. I really don't know. I well, know. um, I wanted to ask: Is um, AST on here? <laughs> Listen, I'm here. Listen, um, we're doing the show, and I'm getting back-to-back text messages here. So, I got Anna and uh, many others in here texting me things. Um, I don't know what this means, but I'll just tell you what some of them say. Descon has raised to yellow. That's something that just happened. I don't know what that means because I'm not into all this military stuff. Um, even though my Family members have all fought as pilots and stuff for this country and died for this country. Um, I'm not really a military person. I'm against war, to be honest with you. I believe that no soldier should go to another man's land and kill their people. I believe that if someone's going to attack us, you you know, defend our country. Because this is the way I feel. I mean, if I had to fight for my country, I would. If you come here, I'm not a soldier, but I, I, I have my own little weapons here to defend this country. No. But, um, hey, yeah. let, me, let me jump in here. All right, mm-hmm. after hearing that and what I've seen, and I, 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 I didn't say anything because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much fear mongering and so much crap yeah. going on. It's ridiculous. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Lately, so, I've been ignoring it. <laughs> something came up. And I'm looking at it. I couldn't verify mm-hmm. it, say anything. 
But after hearing okay. what you just said, it yeah. makes sense. Air siren, air air raid sirens in San Diego and Tacoma, Washington. Fighter jets seen scrambling and reports of explosions. Um, oh no! There's there's a couple couple different maps that they have listed, and once again, I I I haven't I haven't vetted this. But after mm-hmm. hearing what you just said, because I was going to ask, is there anybody near San Diego or near Tacoma? Oh, I got because... eyes all over the U.S. And I'm glad that somebody just texted me that and said, hey, DEFCON is now at level three. I don't even yeah. know what the – I know what it means, but I don't really pay attention to it. But I have means very good people. Hit the, hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And they've been prompting this shit, and they've been wanting this so that they can cancel this election. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wait a minute. Just what uh, oh. uh, Southern was saying about the the laws and stuff going going out the out the law out out the out the window. But if that if that's the case, then that also means the election is going out the window as well. Hold and, on one second. Let me say something. First off, the bat, you have never had a lawful election in this country since 1860. They've all been fraud. Nope. We have know that. We know we that. Listen, listen, we know that. And yeah. and and basically, the fraud that they were they're trying to perpetrate, they're trying to keep Obama in office. So I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think yeah. that so right now, um, if if this is what if what she will said and what I just saw on my screen is an indicative of what's getting ready to happen, then you know we need to be praying and you know we need to be getting our houses in order. Yeah, election people, is this year, right, Pastor Penn? Yeah, it's a couple. It's a couple, couple weeks. Yeah, because I'm not voting. That's the reason why yeah, I'm asking. Because I, I, I relinquished my card. Uh, well, and see, here's out. the thing, and I hear, I hear what what Southern is saying. Like right now, I'm sitting here, I'm playing chess, and um, or backgammon. And guess what? If I don't like the rules, I I just stop playing. I I cut it off. You know, these people, they have created this stuff. And one of, mm-hmm. one of the things, uh, we're talking about child support. And I had so much stuff that, that, that I allowed to, to build up. But, you know, one of the things that we have done is we have forsaken our creator. Mm-hmm. And these people are now jockeying for position to take the place of, of the most high. Okay. Yeah. And we need to get back into uh, the law, the real law. Uh, my law, you know, is, uh, in fact, Scripture says that heaven and earth will pass away before one giant tittle of his word will fail. So, you know, once again, the organic uh, uh, patent for, for birth, for land, or whatever, you know. Um, but then there's also in the Torah, there's something called a kabul. It is, it is a marriage contract, okay, between a ish, which is a man, and an isha, which is a woman or a wife. And that is something that is private. And it goes along with what we were talking about earlier, about the trade secrets um, Mm -hmm. and putting a non-disclosure agreement together, okay, getting our service marks, so forth and so on. But most importantly, making a stand. Um, I heard what you said about the preamble. I like that. Yeah. but more importantly, there's a rule. I forget which rule, civil procedure it is, that you bring a foreign law in. But 
when it comes in, I'm bringing my scriptures in. In that, my scriptures has on the front cover, at least on the, on the ones we use, it has mm-hmm. my birth. It has my wife's birth. It has my daughter's birth. It has all the family history on that front cover, okay? And I'm bringing my law in. In fact, we took a copy of that, um, and I don't know if I got it authenticated or not, but mm-hmm. basically this is how we're choosing to live our life. Our, our covenant between uh, my wife and myself, my family, but most importantly my covenant between me and my creator, okay? And, and, and I think that when we get back to, you know, I'm not saying church. I'm not saying church, but I'm talking about getting back to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. I think that, that that'll change things. Now, I'm not just saying that your, your relationship, you know, you're just saying you have a relationship, but you have to be able to uh, uh, expand. You have to be able to know. You have to be able to say. You, you know, you can't just go in and say, well, you know, well, this is what I believe. You need to be able to stand on that. Like the more say, stand on that square. You know what I mean? And understand, listen, whatever it be, if you're going to cut my head off, guess what? Then go ahead and get to chopping because I'm not changing. You know, and all this stuff that you're doing, it's kind of, in fact, I was, I was looking at something and I didn't read it. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 2 says, and when Yahuwah thy Elohim shall deliver thee, uh, deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. So, you know, in fact, it's it, it a couple places in Scripture where it talks about make no covenant with them, all right? And everything that we have done, somebody has said something to me, and, you know, I felt ashamed when he said it. He said the driver's license is a graven image. Mm-hmm. It's against the law. Yep. And I mm-hmm. wasn't even thinking about what he said because he wasn't talking religiously. He just said it's against the law. So I asked him, I said, well, what law is that? Then that's when he began to, to give me scripture. You understand what I'm saying? So the bottom line is, is this, all these things that they have done, you know, it is against my religious belief. You know, in fact, I have a document from the state of Pennsylvania that says I don't have to have a, a, a photo on my on my driver's license. Okay, so in essence, I'm I'm trying to get back to the organic as possible. I'm trying to get back to my relationship with my heavenly Father. You know, marriage license. What do I need a marriage license for? Scripture says that Yah ordained marriage. Who are they? And as a pastor, I'm ashamed that I even even signed any of that crap. Because but we, I didn't didn't know. Listen, we were all deceived. It said that even the most elect will be deceived. And Absolutely. you know, I was in, I wanted to bring a point. I was driving to pick up my granddaughter today and I was listening to Focus on the Family. And you know, he said something and and he gave this number if anybody wanted to call into the show. Boy, did I want to call him, but I couldn't because I was drive, you know, traveling on my car and I said I got to pay attention to the road. But he said something about when you accept Christ as your Savior and your Lord and Savior, all sins are to be forgiven and you're to be pardoned, and you are now um, protected by the laws that Christ put in for us under the new covenant, right? 
I wanted to call in and say, really? Well, you tell me, how does that apply to people when they go to a municipal court that you even think of mentioning um, uh, God or anybody in that courtroom? You're going to get a beat down. I don't, you know, like, he said you had to go under that law and you could not be under the other law because we know we can't be under two laws. And you so I wanted to call in. You can't and serve I, uh, two masters. You're going to hate one, you're going to love the other. Can See, I read something from the pastor? Can I read yeah. something from the pastor? Mm-hmm. I want to read something for the pastor there. Go ahead. Uh, you know that kingdoms come and kingdoms go, empires fall, and history has a tendency to repeat itself. Exactly. And and so we're living for such a times as these. And in James 5, chapter 5, the warning to the rich oppressors is the title. And I'll just read the paragraph. It says, it reads, doesn't say anything. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Most High. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. We are living for such times as this. It's imploding. It is. We're 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 fulfilling scripture right now. We are truly in the last date. Yes, we and, are. Um, the the sad part about it is is this, and 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 you know I say this, and I say this, and 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 uh, uh, Maldia knows, you know, my heart. You know, um, I come out of one of one of the uh, biggest Baptist churches in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I I I've, I've been with some of the biggest preachers. Kitty uh, Jakes, uh, not have been with him, but we were bringing him in to Philadelphia as I was leaving. I know most of these cats. And, you know, religion and the Christian church has done a great disservice to to us um, and has caused us to fall away from uh, the truth. In fact, we have on our website a um, four-part series that talks about the uh, – Secret files of the Inquisition. They have actually they have actually hurt the people so badly that, um, you know, uh, here's another problem that I have is that you know the Bible and all this other stuff that's going on. I wanted to ask you, Pastor Penn, because you you might know this. This religion that we bring into this country from Europe, and is this actually from the Catholic Church? That the that the the religion that we so call 
used today, even though it has many names, Baptist, uh, Lutheran, uh, it not, did it not come from the Catholic Church? Yes, no. and, it, and it does. It does. It, and the only difference between a Baptist and, and a Catholic is, well, you have, you have two people. You have the Catholics and you have the Protestants. Okay. Right. The only difference between the Protestant and the Catholic is, is the Protestants are protesting the Pope. The doctrine yeah. and the theology is the same. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't even know that Islam comes from out of the Catholic Church. Yes, it does. Okay? And I know that. Yes, it does. In fact, they had somebody had posted it about the archives. The the Catholic Church, and that's why I was saying we have this 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 series on our web on our website. They have 50 miles of underground archives, books, scrolls, all different kind of historical arts and, and, and historical documents, okay, yeah. that they have hidden from the people. Now, if they have the truth, why do you have to hide the truth? Well, not you, to mention you, you that I, I read to you earlier that the, that the Vatican operates non-commercially, and guess what they do, people? That You know how they're making their proceeds? They sell stamps. It says their museums generate, uh, they said their museums allow 20,000 visitors a day, and you will see the post on my wall that says, so that you can view all of the past historical items and documents and cuneiform tablets that they have killed people. And yeah. robbed all those countries and put it under their Vatican City and that and that um, storage unit, and they yeah. put it in a museum and they're generating millions of dollars from bloodshed of our ancestors. Exactly, exactly. And and here's the thing. There's uh, I forget which one it was. The movie with Tom Hanks, uh, Angels and Demons, or or yeah. or the yeah. other one. Say again. Mm-hmm. Angels and Demons. Yes. They had they showed the guy going into the vault and, and into the secret storage area. And mm-hmm. um the the thing of it is is this that um there was a guy and I had an article, um he was a F, former FBI agent and he actually had went in there and uh what he said was that you can the only thing you could take in there, I believe, was a pencil. Um, and a piece of paper. You couldn't take anything else in there. Um, um, the 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 security on that thing is so great. The and of course historical documents. You know you would have to have them in special temperatured rooms and have to handle it a certain way, and because that stuff is fragile. I I understand all that. You know, but the fact of it is, is this is that what they have done is they are a tool that has been used by the enemy. To, to to turn his people turn the people away from the creator. They mm-hmm. have see watch this. A lot of people don't understand this. The Roman Catholic Church is not just a church. The Roman Catholic Church is also a government. When you look at the Pope's seal, he has two keys on there. One for the church and one for the uh the government. Okay? The Vatican is a wholly separate Entity, it's a wholly separate uh, 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 government from Italy. They have their own police force. They they have their own army. The the whole nine yards. It's it's a government, okay. 
And these people have been used to deceive us. Uh, somebody was talking about the Unum Sanctum. And, okay, I, I understand that they might have, have, have you know, put that, that Unum Sanctum out there. But guess what? I can sit here and say I, I, I control everybody. I own everybody. All souls belong to me. What does that make me? It makes me crazy. It makes me simple for me to sit here and think that I, I got that much power just because I got on a little white uh, beanie and, and a white dress and I sit on a, a gold throne. <laughs> These people, the brother that read the James thing, I, I thank you for that because that, that was on point. And these people don't know. They're facing a, a, a tremendous uh, eternal damnation. Yeah. Because they have really, truly hurt, these, hurt, hurt, hurt his creation. Not only, it's not only just the people, but the earth in general. I mean, these people, they're, 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 they're poisonous, you know, through the air, the water, the food. I mean, everything that these people are doing is just, it's just wickedness and rottenness to the bone. And, you know, I, 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 well, I don't feel for them, but I, I you know, I, I don't wish anything on anybody. But for them, I pray they get everything they got coming. And then so. Yeah. They lied to everybody, and even today, I had found an article where they denounced all religions that were created under their base principles. They said they deny them, that they have no affiliation to the Catholic Church. So here now they're denying all these religions. You know why? Because all of these religions took that 501c3, so they're actually in business. I'm going to read something to you real quick here, a paragraph. It says, the Holy See is not only the world's smallest independent state, but the workings of its government and financial affairs are unique, as are its non-commercially based economic structures, which do not conform to any conventional pattern. It is therefore not possible to examine or analyze the economy in terms of the usual sectors. They have even created a system where they generate millions and millions of dollars, people. And you know why it's non-commercial? Because they have done it through the stealing of your soul. By stealing your mind, body, and soul, they figured, hey, we are taking these people's energy. They are sucking the energy out of you as a slave. We were supposed to do good for one another, but see, that church, they turned it into a whole different monster because you can't measure all the souls that they have stolen with their little papal bulls. And that's why I was oh. saying the other day, who says, he says he's the biker of Christ. You're the Viker of Christ, but you're not the Viker of the Creator. So show me where creation appointed you as head honcho over the entire planet and over the souls of the people because I have yet to see a church that has come out. And, and many of you know this. We could be suffering, and I have never seen in my time a church even if it was one that I was attending to extend their hand to help me. Um, listen, I put lots of money into the churches because I believed in tithing my 1% or, you know, your 10%. I even gave them my income tax checks when I used to file them. But when we needed help, 
that church would shut the door on you so quick. Mm. And, you know, that's what I realized today. You know what? When you need help, the church is not there for you, even if you gave everything to them, you know. And I believed in giving to the community. I have donated all my life. I, I hope that when I die one day, you know, the architect says, hey, you did a little bit better this time than you did the last time you were here, and I'm going to send you back down there to finish. I believe that I was born to do this. And I am a real headache. You can ask Southern. He sits there laughing. He puts his phone on mute and he laughs. I go after these government people fiercely. They don't call and you ask them questions. <laughs> no, they don't even know what to tell me. They get angry sometimes. They just stay quiet. They won't answer my questions. Um, I'm pretty thorough with the questions. And... Um, and I do it because I'm trying to help the people in this country. But um, are you on here, T? Are you ready to talk? Are you still muted well, out? I want to bring something out here. Those of you who go back and look in the Bible, and I'm not being nasty to women, but they always talk about the father begotting the son or begotting his children. They don't mention the mother. Yes. This whole, this whole thing is about the father's bloodline. Okay, remember that the father, everything that's inherited is inherited to the father. If yeah. you don't inherit you, your rights, you don't inherit your your citizenship. Everything's to that father. It's always been that way and always will be. So you fathers better start learning how to acknowledge your children, how to be responsible fathers for them. Okay. Right now, right now, you're their soldiers. You're the ones who they throw in the front lines. Um, they use language like you're their infantry. You're not an infant anymore. You're a man. They want to call you an infant. Well, let me say this. When this child support stuff started, you know when it started? Why it started? The people who went off to war in World War One were considered deadbeat dads. Okay, there it is. I know hey, I got right um, Southern. I gotta, I gotta do a break in here real quick because he wants to give an announcement to the people. Okay. Hey, so hi, how's everybody doing? <laughs> hi, G. Um, hey. I, wanted, I wanted to jump in. There's a couple of things here that I've been looking at, and um, I'm going back to the conversation that I had with the registrar of probate. And she made it very clear, and she repeated it, and she said, we are the originator, okay? Um, legal definition of originator. I'm, I'm trying to dig it out in a screenshot. I might as well just Google it because it will probably be quicker with all the stuff I have in my phone here. But um, <clears throat> one of the synonyms for originator is the father, okay? Uh-huh. So when you're – so in the paper world, in these offices, the originator that we're talking about or the creator, or it's even a synonym for architect, is the county where you were born, okay? Um, One of the issues that people are having, and you mentioned that we are still in the Civil War. That is absolutely correct. Um, The Emancipation Proclamation, I went back to the Emancipation Proclamation and I was digging through that, 
And the Emancipation Proclamation is a two-sided offer or a two-step offer. They basically said, hey, we'll go ahead and emancipate the slaves, but you have to do your part to end the Civil War, excuse me, which is accept the offer, okay? Article 9 is looking for an authenticated security agreement, all right? The issue is, is that no one has accepted their authentication, and you have to accept it in the appropriate manner. So I'm looking at the um, uh, Emancipation Proclamation here that was done by the president, and, or Abraham Lincoln, and William H. Seward, who was his secretary of state at the time. And at the bottom it says, in witness thereof, I, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. What does that sound like? Does any, has anyone read this piece of this um, declaration on any of their documents that they have that they can recall? It's on your authentication. Yeah. Okay. So the problem is, is number one, we've been seen as the enemy of the state with the capital letter name, the criminal. Boom, we get rid of that with the name change. And now we have this authenticated security agreement that... Um, we haven't accepted, and it needs to be accepted properly. And, and let me accept- tell you, you're right, because I was talking about this the other day, and I want to break in. When I told them I'm going to take this noose off my neck, they transferred me over to security. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I go, who is this? She said, this is the State Department of um, Securities, and she said, um, and I kept asking her about the birth certificate. I said, is this a municipal bond? She hesitates. I said, damn it, what kind of bond is this? I can't tell you. Ask vital statistics. I'm like, gosh, dog it. They won't even talk to me now. But you're right. It's a municipal bond. It is. It's it's a municipal bond. Um, I had a conversation with a wealth investor out in Washington, D.C., and he was very liberal with his information. And he told me, I said, you know, I have this certificate of live birth here. And he says, oh, that's a municipal bond. It's worth $10,000. Just flat out said it. Now, the trick is, is he didn't say $10,000 total. He didn't say $10,000 in a monthly payment. He didn't say $10,000 a day. But what we do know is that there was a guy who um, figured out how to create the pledger account, and he receives $10,000 a day from this municipal bond. Um, That's what they told me, too. I'm going to confirm what she's saying when I talk to Vital Statistics. They said the paper with nothing on it is worth $10,000. But they didn't say, you know, a day or monthly or anything. They just said it was worth $10,000. Right. So if you have full faith and credit, which is also um, the FDIC is backed by full faith and credit, maybe there is no limit. We don't know, right, because we haven't properly accepted it. So my thinking is is that, and I've been looking at um, Article 9 for just about a month now and breaking it down and picking it apart, and a debtor is considered someone who has an interest. Well, um, it would appear that these two witnesses may have an interest in your property. We know that the Attorney General is the um, alien property custodian, and that would be the attorney general for the state. 
But we also know that when KW went to court um, in the state, the the um, attorney general from the state showed up, and then they transferred it to federal, and then they transferred it back. So that makes me think that the Department of Justice, being the federal attorney general, is also involved. Um, so I'm still breaking this apart and um, trying to correctly do this um, UCC1 because that's where you give notice after you get your name changed. It has to go on a UCC1, but there's a specific recipe on how to do it. And I had a conversation with the Registrar of Titles earlier this week. And I went in there and I said, you know, hey, I want to file this. And he looks at it and he looks at everything that I put on there and he says, we can't accept this. This is not a fixture filing. So again, fixture, my um, signature is affixed. So there's a combination <clears throat> of these pieces that I'm still working on, but I think I kind of have it covered. Um, so for those that have not done the name change, what I'm going to do is um, just do one final um, piece on this, and I'm going to do it in the form of a webinar. I have a very good friend that's kind of um, working on the technical side and setting everything up, and she set up an email address um, to sign up if you want to sign up. And <clears throat> we're basically going to be covering the name change, some of the results, uh, some of the ways to get around the hurdles that they're throwing at people. And the email, if you're interested, is uh, knowallcap00 at gmail.com. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this name change webinar uh, next Saturday. And then the week after that, provided that I have all the pieces, we're going to um, talk about how to design the correct UCC and where to file it because it doesn't go to the Secretary of State. This particular UCC, once you change the name, the jurisdiction changes and it comes out of the state. Um, so we're going to yeah. be, we're, you, you, you tell me, so we're going to be working on that. But <clears throat> the Emancipation Proclamation um, is a huge piece to this because you're going to be fully emancipated. Um, and like I said, we know that these two uh, attorney generals, uh, the federal and the state, have um, have the funds associated with the property, and they have the funds associated, and they've got them stashed in the Christ Fund, which is the court registry investment system. Of course, there's no T because you haven't completed the trade. But um, And then so there's also some statutes that go into uh, the attorney general basically saying, hey, you're absolved of everything and you have to be absolved of everything before they give you all the funding. So um, that's, I'm just kind of throwing that out there because I'm still working on these pieces. So the name changes the first piece. The second piece is going to be registering all the documents, making sure that everything in the UCC is correct, and affixing it. And of course, the authenticated security agreement that they're looking for is the authentication. And the, authentic the authentication, that authentication, yes. it, it becomes, uh, we've all been told that it becomes the original, okay? It, it's it, a peace it, treaty. It's yes. a peace treaty. It's and, a peace and treaty. And the, the original, when, when you go through the etymology of original, the first, uh, the first definition in etymology is first in time, earliest, from old French original, first. 
And right. Well, the first, because if you, you, you have to file your security interest first, and that makes you priority. Um, certain things will give you certain priorities. So there's three things to nail down a security interest. Uh, one of them is attachment, one of them is possession, and the other one is control, and the name change decree gives you control. And so you get the, the control over the deposit account. Uh, so if you guys wanted to go poking through Article 9, you guys will see what I'm talking about. There's also that video that Ken W. was talking about, the revised, um, Article 9 in bankruptcy, where they break all this stuff down. Of course, everything that they're saying is all encrypted in fourth tongue. But, and like I said, I've spent just about a month on this, breaking this whole thing down. And it, in its simplest terms is what I'm saying. And this authenticated certificate of live birth, my thinking is this final peace treaty that everyone's been hunting for um, basically to get you out of this war because you're in this war that you don't know about. And just like the movie Matrix when he says, hey, you were born into a war. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you're, if, you're, if you're just trying to come to peace and get rid of all the, the battling, like, you know, the first thing you do is remove yourself out of the criminal side when you complete the name change. And so you're out of that. But now you need to do the acceptance. And the acceptance is key, right? So we're looking for that final key, and that final key is going to be the way that you design your UCC one. You don't need pages and pages and pages of a security agreement because you already have one. They agreed. They're saying, hey, okay, here you are. I'm going to go ahead and affix my seal to your certificate. The SOS in Fed comes down and says, hey, okay, I see that. Yeah, okay, cool. You want to come to peace? All right, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and endorse this too because those two attachments are considered endorsements. Uh-oh. Oh, the little ones are hunting me. <laughs> so do you do you wanna you want me to announce the webinar or? Hold on, guys. Yeah, if you could do that, that'd be awesome. We're still kind of in the. Hold on a second. What's so she's gonna be having um a webinar, and if you guys wanna um be a part of the webinar, she gave me an email. Um. Let me look here. Uh, I'll tell you what the email is here. Uh, let's see here. It's uh, N-O-A-L-L-C-A-P-S-0-0 at gmail.com. Uh, question. Yeah. This webinar is it going to be on Skype or what? Um, I don't know. I, you got to email this um, email. I'm going to put it in the room too, and they'll give you the instructions. Check in. Hey, Southern. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Wait, it's damn crazy here. What's the law say about graven images? Well, the Bible says, "Thou shalt not worship graven images." What's the stop? Not only shall not worship them, you should not make them. I mean, I'm worship. sorry. Well, Bow I mean, down like, to them. Yeah. What is it? What is a stop sign? It's a graven image. You're damn right. 
If you know I'm bad. And if you notice people, let me tell you something that you don't even notice that you're doing this because it's so automatic. Do you notice that you'll see certain signs and um, it'll say uh, stop and that you stop? If you see a red light, you stop and green light means go and it's already automatic to you. The sign isn't really speaking to you, but you do exactly what the signs say. That's right. And you don't realize that your body is doing that automatically. Um, but I was going to tell you guys, um, I wanted to add this in before the show gets too late, but Anna gave me a list. Uh, uh, she gave me a list of things that she wanted me to share with you guys because she just texted me a minute ago. But she found, um, what did she find here? Sitting right there in the probate code, now we know what they call us. Okay, this is what, and, and I looked it up as well. The first one is Alaska Statute 13.21.015. Payment of debt and delivery of property to domiciliary foreign personnel, personal representative without local administration. At any time after the expiration of 60 days, listen to this really carefully because I've been trying to tell you guys about this one at Form 56 from IRS. At any time after the expiration day, uh, expiration of 60 days from the death of a non-resident decedent, any person indebted to the estate of the non-resident decedent or having possession or control of personal property or of any instrument evidencing a debt, obligation, stock, or chose in action. Now, you heard it said control, right? The, the, the decree yeah. gives you the control. Okay, I'm going to mute up. And it says belonging to the estate of the non... Listen to this. Belonging to the estate of the non-resident decedent may pay the debt and deliver the personal property or the instrument evidencing the debt obligation, stock, or chose in action, which I, I got to look up that word. What is a chose in action? To the domiciliary foreign personal representative of the non-resident decedent upon being presented with proof of appointment and an affidavit made by or on behalf of the representative stating the date of death of the non-resident decedent. That no local administration or application or petition, therefore, is pending in this state. That the domiciliary foreign personal representative is entitled to payment or delivery. That was one. The second one was um, bond. Alaska Statute 13.21.030. Proof of authority. Bond. If no local administration or application or petition, therefore, is pending in this state, a domiciliary foreign personal representative may file with a court in this state in a judicial district, okay? It has to be through the district. That's why I'm telling you people. Listen carefully. We're operating under district in which property belonging to the decedent is located. Authenticated copies of appointment and of any official bond that has been given by the foreign personal representative. That's the authentication right there. Say that last piece one more time, please. It says, property belonging to the decedent is located, comma, authenticated copies of appointment 
and of any official bond that has been given by the foreign personal representative. That's it right there. Okay. You're the foreign personal representative, people. Remember, we're foreign to them. Okay. Let's see what the next one says. Um, Payment or delivery discharges. Alaska Statute 13.21.020. Payment or delivery discharges. Payment or delivery made in good faith under the provisions of AS 13.21.015 releases the debtor or person having possession of the personal property to the same extent as if payment or delivery had been made to a local personal representative. So that's how you payment or delivery discharges. Okay, what is the next one? I don't want to open up too many because then it'll, uh, I don't know. If you guys want to see this, let me see. Hold on. Let me put it on the wall. I'll put them up in the wall in a minute. Let me find the next one. Uh, the next one is called, um, good Lord. I got to be careful. I have so many windows open. Resident creditor notice. Waiting for it to come up. That's the UCC right there, the creditor. Okay, it says here, hold on. Uh, Good Lord, let me say this one. Wait a minute, not this one. Oh, it's pulling up. Alaska Statute 13.21.025, resident creditor notice. Payment or delivery under AS 13.21.015 may not be made. If a resident creditor of the non-resident decedent has notified the debtor of the non-resident decedent or the person having possession of the personal property belonging to the non-resident decedent that the debt should not be paid nor the property delivered to the domiciliary foreign personal representative. So you have to have your name completed first. So, you know, like, I want to post these later, you know, so that you guys can have this. I'll put it on the wall the entire, um, because if I keep opening these up, they're going to crash on me. Hold on. I have a lot of windows open. Okay, let me find the next one. It was, um, there's, there's like two more. Hold on one second here. The next one is called Powers, okay? I forgot to tell you guys something. I read this in the in the book called Power Versus Force. It says where power enters, force cannot, you know, be in the same room with power. That mean, Remember that Satan operates by um, force. It says where power enters, force cannot be in the same room. You're supposed to be the power, people. A domiciliary foreign personnel representative who has complied with AS 13.21.030 may exercise as to assets in this state all powers of a local personal representative and may maintain actions and proceedings in this state subject to any conditions imposed upon non-resident parties generally. Yeah, what's that one person now? <laughs> That's too close. Okay. And then powers of representatives in transition. 
mom's mind. Yeah. Um. Why do you think it? Won't come be? on. Okay. Thirteen point twenty one point zero four zero. Power of representatives in transition. The power of a domiciliary foreign personal representative under AS thirteen point twenty one point zero one five and thirteen twenty one point zero three five shall be exercised only if there is no administration or application therefore pending in this state. An application or petition for local administration of the estate terminates the power of the foreign personal representative to act under AS 1321.035, but the local court may allow the foreign personal representative to exercise limited powers to preserve the estate. A person before receiving actual notice of a pending local administration has changed position in reliance upon the powers of a foreign personal representative is not prejudiced by reason of the application or petition for or grant of local administration. The local personal representative is subject to all duties and obligations that have accrued by virtue of the exercise of the powers by the foreign personal representative and may be substituted for the foreign personal representative in any action or proceedings in this state. Hold on. I think I have one more. Let's see here. And I want to put it out there because it, you know it has the definitions of who is the decedent, non-rep, you know, non-resident. See, what I'm trying to show you guys, people, is what Southern is saying about the immigration law. That is how you are being defined in here: non-resident, foreign personal representative. And you should be asking yourself, why are they calling us all these crazy names in here? Because we're the people on the land. Who are they? Why do they call us foreign? Anyway, 13, here's the last one. Because they have adverse possession of the name. Yeah. 13.21.045, ancillary and other local administrations, provisions, governing. In respect to a non-resident decedent, the provisions of AS 13.16 govern. Number one, proceedings, if any, in a court of this state, the probate of the will, appointment, removal, supervision, and discharge of the local personal representative, and any other order concerning the estate and the status, powers, duties, and liabilities of any local personal representative and the rights of claimants, purchasers, distributees, and others in regard to a local administration. And that was the last one. So I'm going to put them all on one, like in one shot, I'll, I'll load them all up to the wall because you want to read the definitions very carefully of what they're calling you. Um, it's, you know, that way you can get an idea because you, what I was saying before, when you guys are trying to do something, you're going to have to end up going to that probate to remove them. Anybody yeah. have any questions? Can you give us that email address again? Um, hold on, let me let me look on the. It's um. No N O A L L D A P 
S zero zero at gmail dot com. Was that a before the zero zero? Was that T is in Tom or P is in Paul? S. P is in Paul. S is in Sam. Because uh, I got I emailed to the address and it kicked me kicked back. Not a valid address. No all caps. T is that a zero zero or is that the letter O? Oh, I got a D. It's a C. Okay. It's uh, N O A L L C A P S is in Sam zero zero at gmail dot com. Right. It's okay. no all. Know if you want no, to it's no all caps zero zero at gmail dot com. Okay, I got it. Thank you. No problem. And that's if you guys want to be a part of the webinar, then you must email it there, and I have it. I have it posted in the um, chat room. If you guys want to know uh, what the email is, and um, uh, you know, I want to apologize too to everybody that I haven't been on lately. We've been through like some of the greatest struggles this past month, and um, I apologize. And I got to get back on the ball, and I'm trying to settle situations uh, with my own personal challenges right now, and then I will be back to help you guys move forward. Um, Don't worry about it. Once I handle this little issue, I'm going to start helping people like, maybe I need to do a webinar and start putting documents and showing you and teaching you, you know, exactly what I'm trying to tell you guys to do. You already know you're supposed to do a name change. And I know you guys hate it, you don't want to hear it, but you have to do the name change and get your name back. Um, You have to hold something in your hand that doesn't belong to the state. You have to hold something in your hand that you ordered. The name change is a prerequisite included Mm -hmm. in the um, Trading with the Enemy Act. It's mandatory. So if you want to if you want to finalize this and trade that certificate and be done with it, you absolutely must complete the name change. And that's even if I know you don't want to hear that, people, and you think it doesn't mean anything. Listen, mm-hmm. that name that you're using it doesn't belong to you. Okay, that's a legal name. The capital letter you name is a criminal. It's a criminal, and you're subject to criminal charges as long as you are using it. And they can come along with whatever they want to say, whatever they want to do, and this includes your house, your mortgage, your property. They can do whatever the hell they want because they're criminals and you're in their world. Yeah. You're in the middle of their war. So what you want to do is you want to get over on the sidelines with the correct name and sit back and watch the show without having to be in it. So even now, I have somebody posting in here saying that they have, it says, um, I have my name, I think. Can I get an opinion on this? Well, send me your birth certificate to girl66 at inbox.com, and I will look at it, and then I destroy it. I don't keep anyone's birth certificates in my possession. I have a few birth certificates, but that's because they were really trusted friends. Um, And I'm going to look at one because my, my best friend, he gave me all of his birth certificates. He has five different birth certificates from 1940. Mm. And um, they are all different. But guess what? When he asked them for the certificate of live birth, remember I told you this, T? 
that the lady was so upset and she said, if I give you this, you're going to be holding a duplicate copy of the original and that is also an original? And he said, what does that matter? She said, it lowers the value. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she said, what, you mean it lowers the value of our money, Graham? No. He was really upset, but he got it, and he sent it to me, a copy of it, and I got to go look at it to see if it says legitimate on there. And I want to see that because he's African-American, and guess what? His dad was a slave. Hmm. So I need to see what was on his. He told me he's the son of a, a slave. Very wonderful guy, fought in the military, the Marines. Um, Southern knows who it is. He's, he's out of Florida. The most kindest person in the world, and guess what? His house is paid off, and they were the bank is trying to foreclose and steal his house. His wife had a $300,000 insurance policy, and they stole that, too, from him and everything. Yeah, they're going in. They're going in on everybody. This Just like G said, this is the end times. This is it, and they're coming in, and they're, they're sharing they're the sheet. out. Listen. We all have lost something, people. I've lost my home, too, and I have to go back, and it's just a pain, you know, like, like, um, you all know that I was trying to get a piece of paper from my dad to write something for me, and then he goes and he passed away on me, you know, this Friday. So I'm kind of upset about that because I didn't get to accomplish. I even flew out there, trust me. I flew to Florida and came back, and I didn't get the paper. He was too... He was already too, um, you know, when you go back to the, the stage when you're a baby again. And I couldn't get him to sign it. I wasn't, I couldn't do it. My heart said, no, I can't do that to you. You know, you don't even, at least he remembered who I was. But then, um, you know, became, I didn't get that paper, but I don't care because I have the court case that proves that he already claimed me and I have all my entitlements. But people. You have to change your name if you don't. Let me, let me if you do, don't let change it. You're using right? their stuff, huh? I was watching the um, I was watching the the last debate with Hillary and Trump. Okay, now if you guys aren't mm-hmm. watching the, these, you should be watching these because they are sitting there having a business meeting in front of you with forked tongue, and they're dropping all kinds of stuff. Now, personally, we know that they're both nuts, right? <clears throat> but yep. they're entertainers, they're actors. They're liars, they're politicians, they're everything. But they are giving you pieces. So here's something that Trump said, okay? He said, first they were talking about um, Islamic terrorists, okay? And they do a lot of segue. They'll talk about this controversial issue, and then they'll segue into another tidbit that they're trying to throw at you. So he's like, yeah, you know, these Islamic terrorists. And he says, Hillary, you won't say the name. Obama won't say the name. Nobody will say the name. He says, if you want to solve this, you have to say the name. And I was like, okay. So I went and I looked up legal definition of say. And what does it say? It says claim. You have to claim the name. And he's sitting there. He's, say, he, he's saying this on TV. Listen, my jaw was in my oatmeal. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I can't believe that he's sitting here saying this. And people don't, they don't understand it. Oh, I'm not watching that. That's garbage. They're, they're liars. They're, 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 they're. You should have your face buried in those 
debates. Matter of fact, I suggest you go back and watch the first one and the second one because uh, Donald Trump is sitting there saying to Hillary, he's like, I'm going to get a special prosecutor, and that special prosecutor is going to come and get you, and I'm going to get And he kept saying special prosecutor. Well, we know what they use special prosecutors for. They use special prosecutors for people who have already done their redemptions. Okay, and then Hillary's sitting here saying, you know, I need to get, I need to have access to the public and the private side. She's sitting there saying this on TV. They now, dropped. T, listen, let I me ask you, did you, T, what did, what did he, that, I saw this the other day, what does C mean? Okay, that's funny that you mentioned that because I looked it up. I, I found three. I found three different pieces of what the letter C means, and Donald Trump likes to throw this out. Hillary doesn't even know what the letter C means. So I found one that means colored. I found uh-huh. two that's classified, and another one. The third one was confidential. Okay. So now on on my state um, <clears throat> authentication locally, there's a C on it. So I okay. can't figure out if they if 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 it's something that changed my class, oh, or if it's something that is a class of uh, um, classified or confidential, or if it's color of law. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I'm still trying I to pick I it. Knew, and it, I looked it up too, and I couldn't find a darn thing. <laughs> you got to look it up in the quote. You got to look up Donald Trump C word, quote unquote. Hold on a second. Okay. Hey, you guys. No. Can I jump in real fast? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was Southern was asking me earlier if I was already on legal deception. Mm-hmm. And I. Yeah. And I am I am already a member there, so I reached out to I believe the right person and sent you a friend request. They're on Facebook. <laughs> Excuse me. So I don't know if you want to verify that or not. I will first thing in the morning. All right, and then I'll just back myself back out and listen to y'all. It says Hillary didn't know what C meant in her email, but apparently neither does Trump. Okay, so, so then here's an interesting mean? thing. <clears throat> There's an interesting <clears throat> thing. There was a there was a um charges brought against Trump, I think in maybe the late seventies, early eighties, where these black folks went in there to try to apply for one of his um <clears throat> apartments or something, and the person who was working there put the letter C on it. And you know what it means? I, I got the answer for you. It means classified. Well, hold on, because the people who sued him sued them based upon the fact that the letter C meant colored, and they thought that it was a racial discrimination case. There's a racial discrimination case out there because of this letter C. So if it is colored, my thinking is is that it would be colorable, color of law. These folks are coming in under color of law, and therefore we're trying to keep these people out of our private establishments, whereas... <clears throat> the people who came, you know, being being black people, quote unquote black people, they're thinking, oh, this person is saying that because I'm black, I can't get this apartment, and we're going to give you a civil rights lawsuit. So I would, I may I suggest to go look up all three. One of them is classified, one of them is confidential, and the other one's colored. Now this one just says col- that Clinton's claim that she wasn't aware that the C marked on her email denoted information that was classified as confidential. So the C was a classification of confidentiality that I guess the emails that she didn't know, I guess, 
and it was about the FBI investigating. But, um, you know, I wanted to tell you guys about this FBI. I think I put the article on the wall, too. Did you know that when um, they ordered somebody to testify against her, they said they couldn't testify against her because they were contributing campaign funds to the Hillary Clinton found I mean the Clinton Foundation. You know, and they made another really important point too that I don't think people noticed, which was that they said it would cost them more to sue her than to let it go because see these people they own their names. That's why they're called the Clinton Foundation. And they put all their names, they own those names. And if you notice, they don't write their names in capital letters, do they? Hell no. Not, nope, not and they even the Clinton Foundation. Too. Do you ever see the Clinton Foundation in capital letters? I don't even think I've ever looked it up because that's how much I don't care about I, I Hillary, did the Rockefeller Foundation. <laughs> it's not in capital letters either, people. Let me tell you something. If somebody tries to tell you that those capital letters mean nothing, they are full of shit. And I will tell them to their face because I've been looking up a lot of these people's um, information. I even accidentally ran into um, Donald Trump's. Um, I was looking for something, and I pull up Donald Trump's um, uh, service mark and trademark. Yeah, like oh, 50 of them. Oh, my God. He's got, he's got so many. He's, he even has one in there that's... Um, Donald Trump's signature collection. I'm like, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> He's running around collecting signatures. Yes, I did. You can find and how it. How are you going to tell the... me and you in Florida that Florida is not that stupid? We're not going to give you a service mark. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a hell of a battle with me if you think I'm not. You're not going to give me a service mark because. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe a um, she wolf. Yeah. Okay, I, okay, maybe the service mark comes in after you get a point, after they see that you are the representative for their count, for that for the deceiving estate. Then you can get a service mark because now you're operating as the authorized representative. Well, this is the thing, is that the service mark, <clears throat> the difference between the trademark and the service mark is the trademark protects the name. The service yeah. mark reveals the source of the name, and the source of the name is the last name first, first name last. Yeah. That's what they're always looking for. At the end of the day, that last name first, first name last is the one who owns it all. Yeah. Or controls it all, rather. So, yeah, when, they, so when the Rockefellers say own nothing, control everything, right? Yeah. You've got to look at it from a puzzle perspective because that's how they speak. They speak in puzzles and parables. So it's exactly. own, equal, own equals nothing, control equals everything. And in order to get control over that deposit account, you have to have the name change decree because it's the only thing that grants you the control. The only thing. The other ones, you can get it by possession or attachment. But if you can nail down all three, you're gold. Can I ask a question? Okay, so if your certificate of live birth already has your name in upper and lower case, and, you know, all these documents that we have from the state, you know, our driver's license and whatnot, they're the ones that put all that stuff in, our, in all caps, not me. Do I still yeah. need to get a name change? Yes, because the name change, <clears throat> that, that, that authentication proves 
that your your true name is actually upper lower. You're giving them proof, and that's why you want it changed. Look, they did this. This is incorrect. This is what the, the certificate says. You need to change it based upon what the certificate says so it reflects the same thing as the certificate because I'm not a criminal. Okay. Uh, can, can you tell us where in the trading with the Enemy Act that is that we need to do the decree? Hold on. Let me go digging. <laughs> I got to dig, dig, dig. I, no, I love it because, you know what, we, we, you know, I love showing the people, rather than telling them, you know, I like putting stuff up for them, too. I haven't done it, like, in a month now, but I'll be back on the ball in about two weeks. I have and a just, quick question. Hey. Go ahead. Um, did he say earlier that the authenticated birth certificate is a security um agreement that you can put with your UCC1? Yep. Yes, I so did. we don't have to do the security agreement that's like, you know, it's probably like 12 pages? That is the security agreement. Okay. That's it. That's your treaty. That's the security agreement. Okay. All right. Thank you. Of course. Hold on. Let me um, find this. While you're looking for that, I want to tell people, um, I recommend you guys get this book, and I think you can get it in um, in Kindle. It's called Pre-Statehood Legal Materials. It's, it's $200, the book is, but this is a book that it says that it's used for, um, it's material that used to be used for them getting the bar license, but it talks about the 50 states, and you're going to find some amazing stuff in here. Um, you're going to find states that don't exist today, but they were there when the states were being go when they were going into statehood. Um, okay. I really think that you every one of us in this group needs to have this because you'll really impress these judges if you really have the documentation showing how the state became a state and who owned that state. Um, I was looking at some stuff where they were saying that they were making agreements and contracts with the Indians. It just said that. It didn't tell you where you could even find the contracts. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I had a, a Nini who used to, he goes into the courts to fight him. He even set a precedent in, in uh, New Mexico because he had asked the courts, well, show me your treaty laws that you set with our people. And the judge could not answer that. And so he had to, um, he had put like 17 charges against them. And then the judge said, well, will you, at least pay, will you at least pay one of the charges? And he said, no, I'm not paying any of the charges because you don't have a treaty with the Indians, you know, of his, of his people. He said, and you know, you never had a treaty with them. That's all lies that you people wrote in your history books. And so the judge had to dismiss 17 charges that he tried to put against him. So you guys are going to come in handy. Two guys went into Tennessee this week <clears throat> for the name change, and they went in there and they said to the judge, we're Native Americans and we want our name changes. We want our name changes done, and the judge said done. Granted, boom, out the door. Just because they said they were Native Americans. So now and what did the judge say? He, he granted it to them. No problem, no certificate, no nothing. Just boom, gave it to them. All right, so this is under the Trading with the Enemy Act. It's Title 50. 
All right. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to go slow because I know people got their pens. Uh, appendix, trading, act, and then it's OCT, six comma, 1917, comma, uh, chapter 106, comma, 40 stat, 411, 4. And 4 says, licenses to enemy or ally of enemies, insurance or reinsurance companies, change of name, doing business in the United States. Can you repeat that? Title 50 Appendix what? Yep, uh, uh, Title 50 Appendix App, A-P-P. Okay. Trading Act O-C-T O-T-T? O-C-T, like October. O-T as in Tom? O-C-T, like October. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Six, comma, 1917, comma, C-H, for chapter, 106, comma, 40, stat, 411, number four. And I'm going to click on four here. And says, I'm trying to find the part where it says you have to use your name. Bear with me, guys. Okay. Okay. During the present war, no enemy or ally of enemy and no partnership of which he is a member or was a member at the beginning of the war shall for any purpose assume or use any name other than that by which such enemy or partnership was ordinarily known at the beginning of the war, except under license of the president. So you have to use your name that you had when the war began. How are we going to do that? You have to change it. You have to change it back to the original name, the one on the certificate. Because as it stands now, you're an enemy of the state with that capital letter name, and the enemy of the yep. state is, is a criminal. Oh. And so when you change it, this is why you're no longer subject to criminal charges. Now, you are still liable for, for civil, which means you can't harm anyone or their property. But you're saying no. change it back to the name that's on the certificate. Are you talking about the certificate of live birth, or are you talking about the birth certificate? The upper lower name. Okay. That's what you're changing so, it to. Right. Okay. So here's the thing for us, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this together for Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, in fact, I posted it uh, in, uh, I think, Remedy and Equity. Pennsylvania won't give you a copy of the certificate of live birth. Uh, so I'm going to take them to court and 
and I want to try we're going to do a um, class action suit to see if we can get copies of that. Um, Is it considered a public record? Um, hold on. Let me let me. Uh, I just I just pulled this up. In fact, it should be right here. Here's what they sent back to me. Your subpoena request to the Pennsylvania Division of Vital Records for the release of your certificate of live birth has been referred to me for response. Under the Vital Statistic Act of 1953, the Department of Health is responsible to create and maintain a statewide system of vital statistic records. The department is responsible to collect and preserve data, including incidental data pertaining to births, adoptions, deaths, fetal deaths, marital status. The data and records the department collects and maintains, including certificates of live birth, generally are not open to the not open to public inspection. The only exception is that a public a birth record that is more than 105 years old are now open to the public. Therefore, since the birth record you are requesting does not meet the requirements to qualify as a public record, the department is unable to release a photocopy of the original record unless unless we re, unless we were to receive a court order directing the department to provide a photocopy of the certificate of live birth to you. Okay, so I got incidental here because I heard you say um, including incidental. Incidental in legal terms is contingent upon or pertaining to something that is more important that, the, excuse me, something that is more important, that which is necessary, appertaining to or dependent upon another known as the principal. Is that you, Pastor Penn? Yes. Yeah. You know why you can't get it? Because you already have a name change. Because of the... Um, you already have a name change. They can't reopen that record. That's what, that's what happened to me. So what am I going to do? I'm going in to get it changed back to the old name. They cannot. You don't exist in their world. Yeah. Okay, they because of the adoption. Record. Yep. And they will not open it. I can take them into court. You know, the judge said, if, you know, we'll see it, we'll open it. But you know what, um, Gonzo, I wish, I don't know if he's on here, but he went to the court and they said, if you want us to unseal that record, it undoes the adoption. Okay. Well, here's the thing, I, and, and I would have to ask the other people that have joined in on this mm -hmm. thing from Pennsylvania, um, yeah. I would have to ask the question, were they adopted? Um, you know, only behind the fact yeah, that I can only speak for um, myself. I don't know what these other people are saying, but everybody is saying from Pennsylvania that they're not they're not giving it to them. Right. That that well, would be another my thing too. Other people are they are they experiencing the same thing out of Philadelphia? Because if that's the case, then Philadelphia itself is stopping the importation and the redemption of basically the people that that are living there. Well, I, well, see, Philadelphia, I mean, granted, though I was born in Philadelphia, Philadelphia doesn't control the birth records. They stopped in 1903, I believe. Anything past 1903 has to go through the state of Pennsylvania. Um, somebody else who was in Delaware contacted me. They were born in Montgomery County, 
Montgomery County is right outside of Philadelphia, and they're experiencing the same thing. Well, I got another piece. I got another piece on incidental here. It says under workers' compensation, which is slaves, uh, workers' compensation statute, a risk is deemed incidental to employment when it is related to whatever a worker must do in order to fulfill the employment contract, but is not the primary function that a worker was hired to do. So basically, what they're saying is they're blocking it because that's not what they want you to do, essentially. I'm going to read it again. Under workers' compensation statute, a risk is deemed incidental to employment when it is related to whatever a worker must do in order to fulfill the employment contract, but is not the primary function that a worker was hired to do. So in other words, they didn't pull you into slavery so that you can turn around and escape from slavery. So they consider it a risk or a flight risk. You see, because it's deemed incidental to the employment or the slavery when it's related to whatever a worker must do in order to fulfill the employment contract. I think, I think um, Pastor Penn, though, he has a really good case for slavery by a corporation because of that marriage license. His marriage license says it all. It's called an orphan court. There's a medical um, definition of incidental. By accident, not intentional, unexpected. So when you read those documents that they give you and they use all these fancy words, you should be breaking down every single word that they're saying. Exactly. And then turning around and using it against them. Just like when you watch these debates, I sat there with a notebook and I sat there and I took notes and I broke the whole thing down. I'm like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Everything that these people say in writing, right? So, for instance, we had a name change and the judge denied it. Now, they gave them a denial decree certified that said, basically, we're denying you because this is already your name and you don't need it to be changed, the upper lower name. So in other words, they agree that this is his name and they gave him a decree that they're not going to change it because it's already the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I I try to tell some of you guys, listen, if they deny it because it's already yours and it says denied it's already your name, right? Mm -hmm. You you keep that paper. That's confirming it right there. Hell, you got your answer. Now, the only problem with that is that you don't have it on any record that will liberate you from the criminal side. So now... Basically, what they're doing is they're saying, no, we're not going to make it easy here. Here's a crumb. Go fight for it. Well, I was thinking that they should take that that actual paper that the judge gave them and do what you did. Do a deed of conveyance to yourself, a deed of acknowledgement and acceptance, and then record that. Oh, no, I didn't do any of that stuff because they won't let me anywhere near that register of deeds. Yeah, the only thing that I'm actually able to file in the registry of deeds and it has mm-hmm. to be the land records, is the UCC one with a fixture filing. Right. That's it. Unless I actually have a physical house, like, a, an, you know, 222 Johnson Street. They won't let me yeah. in there. Wow. I mean, there. I just think that, you know, here's the problem, too, you guys. Every state is different. Mm-hmm. And they were bought up 
by um I know that I had read somewhere in Michigan where it said everything east of this state belongs to uh Great Britain and everything to the west of this I think it was to the west of the state of Michigan belonged to Spain. And then you you know I'm reading these uh pre-statehood documents and I'm starting to see why um every state is different. So you're going to run into challenges and I'm, that's why I posted the book pre-statehood. I lost my um, my chat room, so I can't write anything else in there. I don't know why it's doing that, but I guess they don't want me giving you guys any more stuff. But <laughs> it um, it tells you how each state was formed. Um, you're going to notice that they put things in there and they can't prove it. You know, talking about these treaties that they gave to the Indians and stuff, and they don't have any evidence. It says just verbally you know that that was said and when you can't um defend yourself with you don't you can't defend yourself with statutes okay that belongs to them you're never going to be able to do that you can go in with treaties now and go in and say this is how you violating me under treaty law um and that's going to help a lot and you have to use like the preamble and um, things like that. You, you, all of these codes and stuff that we use, they're good to read, to know what they're saying, but they're not going to help you in your case. No, they just, they will help you break it down and understand it because yeah. it's just, they're, they're just pieces to the puzzle. But at the end of it, no, you can't use the, you can't use the codes. Yeah, now, now after you do after you do the name change, now <clears throat> you're protected under the Constitution. So this is why they can't come and snatch you up and arrest you on on any type of criminal anything because there's no there's no um, uh, taking of private property without just compensation. There's no search and seizure. This is this is what you're protected under. Now, right? You said that. Um the sheriff had told you that the all capital name is a criminal. The cop, one of the cops that mm-hmm. I was dealing with, yeah. Yeah. So that's why you don't want to have that. You don't want to have that. And another thing, um, you know, like when people were doing the DBAs, and so I saw some people posting things about the license. Well, I wouldn't be getting a license until you do your DBA or your name change. Why? Because when I talked to DMV in Texas, the guy was telling me, listen, if you're going to change that title over to you, because I said, you don't own my car. Well, um, I'm not saying that we own it. I said, you don't own the car. It's paid for. I have the title. And it says, I saw the transfer title it said that I was transferring it over to me and the state of Texas. I said, I'm not transferring it over to me and the state of Texas. And he said, I recommend you don't change that title over until you change your name. That's exactly what he told me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what did you just say to me? He said, don't <laughs> change the title over until you change your name. Yep. I said, oh, thank you. Bye. Just little words like that lets me know you're in the right path. Yeah. It's the only thing that I have seen so far that is that is pretty much ironclad. Yeah. Keeping you, of course, <clears throat> of course, without the civil side as far yeah. as harming someone or their property or something like that. But other than that, 
because this is the second time that I've had immunity. The first time I had it where I did um, a notice to the attorney general, and they granted it. But then I mm-hmm. messed up, and I used the Social Security number. I did something stupid. And the next thing you know, I have two bicycle goofball cops sitting standing on my porch. And I'm like, wait a minute. And they're just blabbing on it, but whatever they're blabbing on it. I'm looking at them, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing on my porch? Why are you even talking to me? What the hell? I'm like, what did I do? I did something. What did I do? And I'm sitting there going through my mind, what the hell did I do? So when I completed the name change, that's a permanent change. It's permanent. Yeah. So it can't be undone. Yeah, and uh, according to immigration, the guy, he told me, he goes, um, that's easy. Change your name. Yep. And I said, why would I change my name? This is the first time someone had ever told me to change my name. He said, it whitewashes your past. And I yeah. said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> he said, it'll clear everything that has ever been done to you in the past. He said, it'll erase it. That supersedes whatever happened to you in the past. He goes, do you get it? And I go, yeah. Well, I guess. And he goes, well, go change your name. Listen, there's a, you can find this on Google, right? Um, mm-hmm. Google, Google, um, Google CEO change, uh, change name. Put it in quotes, okay? Because the CEO of Google is saying um, in order to escape his permanent record, you have to change your name. And yep. I was like, oh, my God. They're not talking about the Google search record when, he, when they say his permanent record, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoever his is. He's saying, hey, listen, if you want to escape all that, just change your name. Google it. It's yeah. the Google CEO is sitting there saying that, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know I've been watching I was, them. There's a, there's a movie that just came uh-huh. out. It, it, it's, it's Max. I think it's called Max Steel, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here, and, and, and I typically don't watch TV, but I'm like looking at the trailer and stuff, and there's this little robot that follows him around and gives him advice or whatever, and the, the robot says, all caps, Max, uh, looks pretty serious to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, because the mm-hmm. all capital letter name is considered Capitus Diminutia Maxima. So when he said mm-hmm. all caps, Max, I'm like, you got to be joking. <laughs> like, they're just, they're just throwing it out there. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, you got to be joking. Hey, they're, hey, they're even teaching little kids. You know, I, I was telling uh, Southern that my granddaughter got this paper, and it says it's, it's called a poem, right? It says fill in the blank. The poem is called I Am. <laughs> She's putting in here, I'm sad. I'm happy. I go, is that what you are? Are you happy? You said, I said, you are what? She goes, I am a girl. I, <laughs> I was they, like, they're teaching this everywhere. school. It's everywhere. I have this little book that I was using to um to help my son with his, you know, learning and comprehension and stuff and teaching him. Mm-hmm. And it's saying it's saying that um your name is considered special. And mm-hmm. it was showing you how to spell your name. One capital letter name, the rest is lower. And it's yeah. saying, this is how you write it special. So when Trump's up there talking about, I'm going to get a special prosecutor for you, I'm like, oh, my God. He's just sitting here telling you because you're considered special. You'd have a special mm-hmm. proceeding. You'd have, a, you'd have a special deposit. You know? All right, guys, yeah. i got to go. My little ones will not go to sleep. So they're, they're <laughs> hunting you down, and it's late. So I'm out of here. I love everybody. And I'll touch base with you um, tomorrow, Nalita. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. And um, 
Southern, are you still on here? Southern. Probably Zia. I bet he fell asleep already. But um, anybody else have any more questions? Uh, yeah, real quick, what, what, that book you recommended, Pre-Statehood, what was the name of the author for that? Do you know? Uh, let me see here. Uh, Pre-Statehood was written, let me get the book, uh, by, um, uh, what is it here, Michael, and the last name is C-H-I-O-R-A-Z-Z-I. I'm telling you, this book is a work of art. I mean, it goes from state to state. It, it I'm talking, it's it's two hundred dollars, but if you get it on um, eBooks, uh, the book is like I think even in in like in a Kindle, I think it was running at fifty dollars, but it covers every single state. It tells you. Um, uh, everything that happened, like I, I'm looking here, Mississippi Territorial Act, Territorial Papers of the United States, Clearance, Edward Carter, ED, Washington Government Printing Office. Um, it'll tell you how half of a state belonged to one group of people, the others half belonged to Spain. They were talking about Florida belonging to Spain. Northwest Ordinance Super Note 2 at Section 1, Stat 51. Um, it tells you petition to Congress by members of the territorial legislators. So before it became a state, you know, they're talking about the territories, um, the right to, of suffrage. Um, this is Alabama Territorial Act. Uh, it, this is actually the, the one I'm telling you about. This is volume one and two put together. That's why it's $50. But it goes from state to state, from um, Alabama, I think, all the way down to the last state. And it was put together by um, the University of Arkansas. Uh, you guys want to have this, because it even talks about certain treaties. Um, it's going to mention states that me and you have never even heard of. I have posted uh, one section. See, it says, see Indian treaties at seven stat and two American state papers, Indian Affairs, Super Note 24. Um, it says, all of the four major Alabama tribes made significant land sessions prior to territorial status. You know, like, where's the proof? You want to see, you know, where are these documents that you're, you know, stating that the, the Indians handed over these lands to you, you know? Um, they try to tell you more or less where you can find them, but I don't see so many um, when they're talking about the cession of lands by the Indians to whoever is trying to um, buy up the territory. Um, listen to this. Alabama's earliest public conflicts were caused by resentment of the Georgia faction, a powerful coalition of plant planter politicians loyal to Georgia's William H. Crawford. Um, you're going to see a lot of uh, little wars going on between the states. It talks about different currencies that were floating around. Um, it's a very large book. I, I don't. I, I'm thinking it's. Um, I, I only um, <clears throat> the the one that I have is. Um, I don't even know how I got this. 
I gave um I put a link let me put this link back on um I'm gonna put the link back on um legal deception because there's a lot of pages here that you can get for free. And it's in an e it's an e format, so I'll put it in legal deception. Um I didn't buy it yet. I got a preview, and I'm, I think I got a good 400 pages. Wow. Uh, so it's pretty good. Um, you can look up your state. I think it's important that people have this book because um, you want to know what happened before they became a state. And um, that way when someone comes in saying, well, I owe my allegiance to England, well, based on what treaty papers do you owe your allegiance to England? Because you don't owe your allegiance to England. You're owing your allegiance right now to a darn uh, corporation. You know, all of these people are operating as a corporation, people. Don't let them fool you. That's what they don't want you to know. This is what me and Karen Hudis, we talked about this one day, you know, and, and I told her, listen, she even said it herself. You know, I said, you need to tell the people the truth. And she said it one day in a recording. She said, they're pretending to be a government, but they're really corporations. I was surprised that she even admitted it. So um, anything else, people? I just posted it in Legal Deception, and I'm going to also post it in um, Redemption and Equity. This should give you a good several hundred pages. Maybe you'll find your state in there, and that way you can have it. Oh, Lord, hold on here. All right, well, if that is all um, of the questions, I'm going to call it a night and wish everyone well. And don't forget, if you want to um, be a part of the the webinar, to email that uh, email that was put on so that you can be given the like a link and everything to this webinar that's going to be coming really soon. And with that, I want to uh, wish everyone a wonderful night, very late, and um, I'll see you guys within a next week or two. Thank you all for joining me, and uh, have a great night. Good night. All right.